Hey everybody, RC Heli Nation version 2.0. This is one. <laughs> this is not a good start. <laughs> <laughs> this is one. This is one. This is one. <laughs> okay, of my here. many first takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bienvenue. Welcome. Welcome. Party people in the house. Nation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 124. And uh, the guys are here. Say hi, guys. What's up? What's up? What's going on? Nick, Justin, and Jesse. Say hi. Well, you just did that, so never mind that. Wow. Dude. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Hi. I've learned something. Hi. I've learned something this week, guys. I've What's learned that, that um, you you do not wipe, you dab, and Nick literally just can no longer give, give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop. Okay, this one requires a little what? explanation here. Well, Nick's been sick. As uh, yes. some may some may know, he's not been feeling good. He's been he's been not dealing been with um, <laughs> some illness of the. That has Rectal some certain variety. effects. <laughs> that has has a person, you know, to the point where they don't can't really get too far away from the uh, toilet. I mean, Dude, I could have shit through a screen door at fifty paces. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been going oh, on all week. And Nick, you're feeling better. I take it. I mean, you're here tonight, so things must be. Yeah, good. yeah. No, I uh, nine pounds good. later. Yeah, nine I pounds. lost. We're, we're still not sure, though. He could be recording in the bathroom right now. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Bedside I actually, It was so bad, I, I built a field box that I just carried around with me everywhere. I, <laughs> my <laughs> little compartments for, for each oh, sort of emergency man. and spare underwear in the top drawer. And Oh, dude. Yeah, I got the norovirus. Oh, dude. And I, I would not... I would not wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> no. Ate at the wrong Applebee's, huh? <laughs> Dude, I guess. It's going around town. How I got it, no idea. I'll tell you how you got it. You ingested feces. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Did you eat the candy from the little dish that's up by the cash register? Apparently. That is a no-no. Dude. Apparently. <laughs> That Apparently, is. every little butt scratching kid got his fingers up there too. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. ooh, that, that candy was... dish is loaded with feces. I, I just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, thank you. So, so, I'm just, oh, I'm just dropping some knowledge. Future I, reference. I'm liking how this is starting, guys. Just, <laughs> yeah. just letting this you know. Is... <laughs> This feels right. No, I can tell you, it definitely did it not feel, feel right. Didn't feel right. So, but you're feeling better, though. I mean, you're. you're coming I am. Around. I'm starting to come around. Um, just you know, still dealing with a little bit of fatigue. Yeah. You, when you live off of like Gatorade and yogurt for four days, <laughs> and it, um, as soon as you take a bite, it comes right out the other, and it's like an open hatch, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. In and out. In and out. Uh, uh yeah, but no, I'm I'm 
just slowly starting to get better. All the all the negative symptoms are gone except <laughs> the gut ache. I yeah. got some pretty bad gut ache going on, but so hey, I'm guessing that you didn't get a lot of flying in this week. <laughs> hey, guess what? <laughs> what? I flew before I got sick. Oh, you did last week. Oh, nice. There oh, you go. absolutely. Well, tell us all about and that flight. I of have yours. a little bit of uh, this one's going to be kind of curious. I I'm backtracking slightly. I had mentioned that I, I had tried the Radix V2 690s fly barless blades on the Raptor E700 and took them off because I didn't care for them and went with the rails. Well, last weekend when I was out flying, it was, it, dude, it was cold. It was very cold. And yes, okay, just shut up. I know where you're going to go. With I, it. How cold was it? Was it this cold? Was it that? It was cold for me, and that's all that matters. So, Well, that's, hey, come on now. Someone wise once said that cold is relative. Yeah, to the size of your giner, which mine is <laughs> large. So that I, it I wasn't going to point that out, but okay. <laughs> I'm okay go with ahead. it. Yep. Um, I think you, you know one a thing I noticed. Cold though, that's that's my opinion. Yes, <laughs> I know. Yes, okay. Are we ready? I, hey, continue. You have, you uh, right. you are cleared for whatever it is you're about to drop on us. All right. I had noticed that when I was flying it, even with the Radix blade, something just remember I had mentioned. I even went back and listened to the episode because I wanted to remember my exact wording. And it, it was that something just didn't quite feel right. Well, last weekend when I got some, uh, got a little bit more stick time on there, I kind of confirmed that something, and I, I was really difficult for me to pin down. Uh, mostly it was noticeable when I was doing pyro flips, like triple pyro flips. As you're coming around, each, each time you'd come back upright and then inverted, the heliga would just kind of do this little, I mean, just do this little, kind of hop on the collective just a couple inches maybe two three inches it was noticeable and I was like wow that really just doesn't quite feel like me and believe it or not for being that light it felt like I had a little bit of lag on the collective which made no sense I mean none whatsoever Hmm. now once you got into the collective the thing just it hauls but it had this really weird kind of little bit of lag. And I had actually called Jesse. I'm like, hey, I'm just kind of curious what you think about this. Talk to Justin about it. And Justin, first thing, was like, dude, check your links. I'm like, yeah, come on, man. I mean, really? How long have I been doing this? <laughs> well, <laughs> then it kind of dawned on me. Hey, guess what? I had sized the links that I put on, which were really only the ones up by the head because I got this thing used and everything else was assembled. And the way that Raptor does it is they send um, these really sweet aluminum arms. And, and I got this heli with, uh, with the servos in it. So mm-hmm. I, I never disassembled any of that. When I plugged everything in, I just used a little bit of, uh, you know, trim in the, in the fly barless system to, to center everything up flawlessly, and that was it. Well, I'll be damned if I kind of thought about that for a second, and then I went out and I checked them when I got home. I was like, wow, you know, they're pretty stiff just to twist. 
Not too bad. Okay, well, I went back in, came back out later, and I decided to do a little bit of an experiment. I, I did not turn the heater on. So I came back out when it was probably 30 degrees around in there. Mm-hmm. And wow, big difference. These things were freaking tight. I mean, super tight. And what I had sized previously on the tail was now really, really tight on the tail rod as well. So popping them back off then when it was cold, I got three full turns, which I used the uh, the Bodo sizer from Synergy. Still Ooh. my favorite. Yeah. I mean, that's my hands down my favorite uh, balling sizer. Three full turns on that. Is, is a lot. serious business. Yes, because it does. I mean, it actually shaves and cuts. You can see it peeling off. And that's what it yeah. took to get them smooth at that temperature. So, A, I believe that that cured uh, kind of an odd tail wag thing that I had. When I was really pushing the heli hard, I just felt like I couldn't quite get the tail gain up as high as I would have liked to. You know, it, it had a little bit of a tail kick out. When I, do, I didn't feel that it should, but then any mm-hmm. higher on the gain and it would start to wag. Well, I think that's what I was running into was when I'm taking, you know, I'm doing all the setup and everything in the trailer when it's warm. It's 65 degrees in there. Go out and flying it and I'm flying it in 30 or even lower temperature. All, all those ball links were just shrinking down. And that's my hunch on what I was actually feeling in the collective. Um was just those tight ball links giving a little bit on that transition from positive to negative pitch. Just that little bit of hesitation. Am now, I positive? Have you flown it since you real no. reef? Okay. Unfortunately, no. I, if if I could have, like, dude, I, I was seriously, as I'm laying there sick three days this week and I look out and it's like no clouds. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Sunny, yeah, true. I'm sitting there thinking like, dude, I could bring a bucket. Like, I really could. I could sit on a bucket. Absolutely, dude. And I could fly. But then I was all worried about, like, okay, I'm not too worried about being out there at the field because no one's out there. I've got the trailer. Okay, if I need to go, right? All right. A little ghetto, but that's all right. But then my concern was, this is pretty rapid. When this feeling hits, you got to go now. Yeah. What if I'm flying? Depends. What happens? Depends. Depends. Well, then, for the f- for the first time in your flying career, you can say that you actually shit your pants. <laughs> yeah, I flying. was wondering, what about that first close call? You know, are you kind of flinch? Yeah. <laughs> and you're no, saying, bad. Bad. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, I got a question. Well, I don't for know. You. I got a question yeah. for you. So you talked to Justin and you talked to Jess. I'm curious, what did Dan have to say about when you asked him about what could be wrong? Well, yeah, I, you, you were... Busy. Was I busy? You yeah. Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> jackass. I know your style. That's awesome. Is to, uh, you, you fly until it falls apart. That ends like, are all the screws in it? <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm out. That's wrong. all I got. <laughs> no, so I'm, I am excited to get out, uh, hopefully get out this weekend and, and give that a shot and, and find out. Cause that's the only thing that I can really come up with. Everything else on it's, I Dead think on. it makes sense. It's a good yeah. start, at least. And I, yep. you know, I just, I, I don't know why, but I just never thought to size him. And I know the guy that I got it from, he's a warm weather dick. He's in Arizona. 
So it probably never caused an issue there. But that's a big difference in temperature. Tell me and, more about this Bodo sizer. I don't know that I've heard about this thing. What? It, what? Oh, the <laughs> the gloriousness that is the Bodo sizer. Where does yes. where does one find said um, Bodo sizer? Any, I think anywhere that you can get yeah. synergy parts. It's yeah, I uh, think you can get them. Is at, it not? Is it not oversized though? Because of how much larger the synergy links are, or are the Raptor ones the same? Multiple sizes. Ah, yes, okay. it comes with multiple size inserts that go into the end of it, huh. uh, down gotcha. for different size helis, and then it's also got the cool little uh, Phillips screw in the end of it. You yeah, know, so you can... to do the fine adjustment oh, shit, on shit, it. Shit, mine has that. Yeah, yeah, so does mine, but it's not. Dan, as Dan, you as fly this. all line stuff, so you don't have to size anything. <sighs> yeah, dude, just pop I do on, not wait ten fly flights. All line stuff, <laughs> wait <swear> ten <laughs> flights. <laughs> oh my god, you guys! I, I hate all three of you. I swear to God. <laughs> no, I have, but I have a rush. Seriously, and it's tight. Those links are tight. I need to get uh, them the, sized. I've tried like JR ones. That's what. And I none of them have really stayed sharp. You know, and that's, I was, I can't remember who I was, I think I was talking that, to Jesse or something. That's what I have right now, is I have a JR one, and I have to, I find I have to crank that screw in the end down quite a bit to keep it cut and nice. Yeah. yeah, and I've actually had it happen with those where you start turning, right? And you're turning and turning, and then you recheck it, and it's like, oh, it's a little bit. And you turn and turn and turn and turn more, and then you finally get to that point where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's good. Well, you're actually not cutting any material out. All you're doing is spinning it in there and heating up the plastic to where it expands. And then you mm-hmm. put it on, it feels right, but you come back once it's cooled Ten down, minutes, it's the same yeah. thing that it was. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, you can, I mean, with the Bodo sizer, you can feel. This is normally, uh, for me, on most links, it's a half turn done. I mean, it, it's, it carves out as it goes. So that's how far off um, the Raptor ones were. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I need, to look, it, it, I need to look at getting one of those. I'm thinking about, you know, I had, we talked about this a while ago, and it's <laughs> flying back in the day, flying all lines, it, it didn't matter because you were replacing them anyway. But for a lot of these helis that are out now, you know, where Link, like Jesse, you know, the 7HV, you never touch that thing, dude. It's no. like Links are forever. Yep. But I, I know a lot of people that are actually going with a summer and a winter Link set. Where they live in areas like ours, where the temperature's just so drastic. Too much work. Um, too much work. Too much work. It, it well, makes sense. It really does. Yeah, it does. Like, that's what of- I've learned on the rave. We were talking about that on the phone, Nick. It's the same exact way. I mean, in when you size it for ambient temperature in, you know, in your shop or in your garage, it's great. Smooth, everything. You bring it out to, like, 30-degree weather. And they are super, super tight. I just, so my, my, a question is, does the ahead. metal balls not shrink close to the same amount as that plastic? Is I, there some, could that be a, a factor on some airframes if it's a slightly different material or alloy? I doubt I, it. I mean, steel doesn't shrink nearly as much. It's, it's, it's coefficient of thermal expansion is nothing compared to plastic. Because I really haven't <laughs> yeah, noticed that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. What did you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> Dropping that those big ass terms. Come on, man. Coefficient Come on, of man. thermal expansion. You yeah. know this. CTE. CTE, that, dude. Yeah. That sounds official. Uh-huh. Yeah. Come on. 
I just, I, I think I was Get gone that it. day in school when they talked about you, you, Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. skipped class that day, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, proceed. No, so we'll see. I, I, I mean, like actual proof of pudding, that's the only thing that I could find. The only thing that I could find. I am still going to be a little bit shocked because I find it hard to believe with how much torque all of these servos have these days that it would actually ever be to the point where it would be an issue. You know what I mean? Where you could actually feel it in flight. What servos are you running in that thing? These are the the high voltage RJXs. I don't even know the numbers because I've never ran them before. Hmm. Oh, dude, I have those. I have those servos. Do you really? Yeah, I have a set of those in my rush. Nice. So I don't know that there's that's another and large. What's the flybarless system? Icon, which hmm. I'm uber familiar with. So I'm not too worried about that. It's on a you receiver know, pack. I, uh, in my whole wobbling goblin woes mm-hmm. doing all of that research one of the things i came upon was that those rjx servos and this is all and it's all off the forum so take it with a grain of salt those servos don't play nice with all of the fly barless systems out there and i've heard reports really? of it it being a situation where it can either cause the jitters on the swash plate or they don't they don't move smoothly or continuously at times when you give them inputs on the bench and a couple of the guys that called it out i think the one that i remember specifically was rjx's on a skookum 540 mm-hmm. i'll have to go and double check but when he switched out to futabas everything went right back to normal so really hmm. Interesting. Just food for thought. I'm not saying get rid of your servos. Well, no, and but I'm now, sure if there are any listeners out there that have had similar experiences, let Nick know. And I Dan, if for that matter. By changing the... I wonder if by changing the... Which... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget the numerical value. Is it the refresh? Come the on, refresh Justin. rate? The, yeah, the refresh rate. I wonder yeah. if by turning it turning it down that would mm-hmm. help or not. I don't know. It it all depends on how the servos interact with that particular fly barless system. Like I said, I don't remember if they said it was with an icon. I can say for certain that at least one dude with a skookum had issues with RJXs. <laughs> One dude. <laughs> one dude. One dude. One dude with a skookum. The skookum RJX dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that and guy. And there were a couple of guys that said, oh, yeah, I had the same issue. Get rid of them. Hmm. So, hey, well, food for God, thought. No, now, now I got to go digging. Yep. yep. Damn you, Justin. I it do never have ends. another set. It never ends. Hey, you know what, Dan? I'm doing you a favor because what's going to happen is... <laughs> You're going to decide you're not comfortable running the RJXs. Yeah, it's not going to happen. And then that will drive Ed to remove them and install a new set of servos, <laughs> thus <laughs> making him that much more experienced at building future helis for I'm you. Got, yeah, I'll, go to, I'll get all into that when it's my turn. I got some good news when it comes to the old Ed front. Ooh, I'm, okay. I'm feeling pretty good well, about this whole thing we got Go going for on. it. I'm good. I'm, I'm do done. It, That's do all it. I got. So let's do it. There's no question that PowerLab and iCharger 
are the top of the food chain when it comes to chargers, and choosing which one is not an easy task. What is easy is choosing where to buy them when you're ready to pull the trigger. With their knowledgeable sales staff and industry-leading customer support, choosing Progressive RC for all your charging needs is the easiest decision you can make. www.progressiverc.com You know, it's been, the weather here, it's been great. (laughs) (laughs) He can't say it with a straight face. (laughs) So we started out last week with uh, like a foot and a half of fresh snow and uh, minus 25 degrees. And um, Sunday rolls around. Of course, there's no flying to be had. I mean, it's just not, weather's just not cooperating at all. Sunday rolls around and... um, I kind of knew Ed was going to be gone uh, to church or whatever it is. He says, he says he's going to church. I don't know. I, I, I can't confirm. I can't, I can't prove that. But I knew he wasn't going to be home. And I had to run into town, and I figured, well, I might as well take some stuff up there um, to drop off. I mean, I, you know, and there's no Gotta reason to stick busy. Around. You know, keep, keep, keep no slack busy. time. <laughs> and so Ed lives way up on the mountain. Beautiful location. I mean, you know, a ton of land, but it's all up like seriously on a cliff. I mean, his driveway is so goddamn steep. Uh, the pictures that I took don't even do it justice. But so I get down to the bottom of his driveway, got my truck for a little drive. And I'm looking up his driveway and I'm like, well, it looks like he plowed this morning, but there's still like maybe six inches of fresh snow. And I said, you know, if I get enough speed, I'm going to be able to make this. And Uh-oh. so it's, it's hold my beer, <laughs> hold, hold my, my, hold hold my, my beer. beer and watch I got this. this. Uh, so I, I did it. I put it into four wheel low and, um, his runway is, I don't know. It's fairly long. It's five, <laughs> six runway. Five, <laughs> it's got a runway for <laughs> on that morning. Wow. It was, <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, I don't know, for 300 yards. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a long ways, but it's straight up. The first part of it is pretty shallow, but it gets steeper as you go. And I get cruising up this hill, and I'm doing fine. You get up towards the top, and there's this little S-turn where there are a bunch of trees. And the sun never really hits that. So underneath this fresh snow and plowed road is apparently a large chunk of ice. So I'm cruising up, and I hit it and, and lose traction. And now all my wheels are spinning forward, but my truck is sliding back at about the same rate of speed. My wheels are turning forward. I mean, oh, I, no, I literally was like, okay, this is not good. I'm sliding straight back this driveway. How, how am I going to, what am I going to do? I literally start thinking, well, turn the wheel and rub up against some trees to get you stopped because it's better than sliding 200 yards straight back. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, as I get kind of cockeyed into his, Driveway, I get off to the side into the deep snow, truck stops. I'm like, okay, great. Well, here here I am. And I got thinking, this is not good because Ed's not home. And I know he's probably going to be home shortly. And now his wife is not going to be able to get into her house because I am completely blocking the driveway. So and I sent him a text. bad spot it, I felt in. like it is. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what are we going to do? I mean, we're in a really bad So I text him. I said, dude, I really messed up. 
I'm, he's like, what happened? I said, well, currently I'm blocking your driveway <laughs> almost up to the top. <laughs> and I said, I think, I think Fran's really going to be pissed off at me because I'm blocking access to your house. He says, I'll be right there. I didn't realize he was home. So, oh, nice. <laughs> so the good thing is, is Fran was home and we didn't have to worry about that. But he comes cruising down in his little Polaris gator looking thing, you know, the, with the, with, you know, seats a couple people and it's got a little, little, uh, bed in the back, you know, a little four wheel mm-hmm. drive. He's like, what the hell are you doing? I said, well, trying to drop some shit off. Anyway, he plows it up and, uh, we get his, uh, Chevy out there and he tries to pull me out. No luck. We, uh, you know, we fumble around for a few hours and finally we get my truck pulled up to his, uh, driveway. And, uh, that was kind of an interesting day. But the point of that whole thing was, is now I have a bunch of projects for Ed to work on. And, and I posted some pictures on my personal Facebook. I've got Ed working on my rush. I've got Ed tearing down my 700 nitro. <laughs> I have him working on my multi-rotor when I, when I need him to. What it boils down to is I pretty much have a mechanic now, I think. And I kind of like that. Granted, I have to. I kind. I have to. I have to do a little checking on his work. But I'm telling you, he's coming around. He is doing a good job. He's really starting to understand what it, how to build a helicopter. Uh, he still struggles a little bit with the setup stuff, you know, dealing with the electronics. But he's doing a great job. So that's cool. I, that's awesome. Because that's he, you know, it's not like. I mean, Ed, no offense, buddy, but, um, you know, he's not like a young buck or anything where he grew up in the, you know, yeah. the age of electronics and, and, and that. He just kind of walked the into The age this. of electron. I mean, how old is the man? I don't know. What, 90? How old are you, Ed? Oh, 90. Wow. <laughs> no, he's not that old. I think he's. And he can still rock a nasty mustache like that at 90? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it's probably 60, I don't know, five-ish. All right. I don't know. Just a guess, Ed. Sorry if I'm way off base. You'll probably be like 43 (laughs) and you just highly insulted him. Ouch. (laughs) What it boils down to, guys, is he he completely stripped down my 700 Nitro. Uh, We went through. He he and I together made a list of parts that need to be replaced. And it's just the typical stuff. Found a few cracks here and there and uh, bearings and a few other things. Now, here's the main bitch of my week. So I have this list of parts, and we go to buy these parts. I was going to have the order hopefully in by today, so tomorrow, uh, you know, we could finish working on the 700. I don't know what's going on, but it is really hard to find a line 700 nitro shit in stock anywhere. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> it's getting phasing re- it out. It is really hard. Heli pros, nothing except for one or two things. A main. Most of everything, but not quite everything. I mean, literally, it got to the point where it was an hour and a half of looking, and I finally just said, "Screw this shit! I'm gonna, I'm, I'm running out of patience. I'm gonna have to do this at another time." I couldn't find any any dampers. I couldn't find any KBDD dampers anywhere. Um, I just, it was really kind of a frustrating. I've never really had that many issues finding, you know, ordering parts. I don't know, man. I think it's time to retire the 700N. And get a different nitro, Whoa. dude. I, oh. I, there's got to be something going on. I don't believe that, Come dude. On. No, I actually believe it, dude. Go look. I know you don't have a 700 nitro, but just if you 
want to I do. Kill? I don't have an Align 700. Well, that's what I, but well, is there any other 700 Nitro? Yeah, there is. <laughs> oh, anyway. Okay, but I <laughs> I have a I have a different perspective, Dan. Okay. I think that we have basically been so spoiled. The 700 Nitro, I mean, you know, the original Kraus one is it's like it was so popular for such a long time. You could buy parts anywhere for it. Yeah. And I think now it's actually getting to the point where it's narrowed down to almost like how you would be buying parts for a, a normal off-brand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, realistically, because you could go to every hobby shop and buy parts for 700 yeah. Nitro, and it's just not the case anymore. It sucks ass because... I- it, Did it, you use that cool website that we reported on you know, just a couple say. of weeks ago? Here's the deal. I actually didn't, but I am going to because I was at Ed's house. And I've learned something else. To, I learned another lesson. If you log on to Facebook at a friend's house uh, to use your Facebook account, do not leave until you're sure you've not, until you're sure you've logged off. <laughs> oh, no. Ed gets on my Facebook and he goes, hmm. He makes makes some posts as Dan. He makes a post under a picture of a Chevy. Oh, I really like Ed Chevy. I'm thinking about getting one. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, you know. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything, you know, malicious, but just fun little posts like that. But and I get that. It's just I just it doesn't feel like I've ever had issues getting parts for the 700. But and this time around, uh, I don't like going to multiple spots to get parts, but apparently that's what I'm going to have to do this time. It is what it is. But at the same time, I think it's time for a new nitro airframe. I was, Uh, I've been talking about it. You can sell me yours, so I'll have some parts to keep flying mine. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute here. No one's selling you nothing (laughs) until Nick gets a nitro. I keep, I got to, I, Dude, I, I still have my other one that I keep meaning to send to you, but I just have never got it boxed up. Yeah, and I'm not going to bug you about it. Well, you should, because that's what it takes, <laughs> apparently. Get a rave. <laughs> a, rave. Did you say yeah, a rave? there you go. Rave. Yeah. Rave. Rave. Get, rave. Yeah, Synergy. do it. Synergy. Get an even older, yeah, even older harder yeah. line parts for it. No, dude. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I have not had a single problem finding parts for that helicopter. That's because you're the only one flying one. And well, he knows because he crashed it. <laughs> the simple oh, matter I of the fact, know. look, guys, simple matter of fact is if Reyes fly, flies it, I don't need to be anywhere around it. Oh, <laughs> that was just for Reyes, man. That stung. There you <laughs> go. That's my, that's my uh, quarterly dig into Reyes. I haven't Quarter- had it. I haven't had a chance to make fun of Reyes for a while. No, but seriously, dude, it's no, not that hard to that, find dude, parts. Dude, I am not going to get a rave. Let's oh, just get over that know, right away. Move on. I'll tell you what. You're making a mistake. <laughs> if anything, it's going to be a synergy. That's, or, that is good as well. Other than that, I really don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go back in the past and go buy another Kasama. Wouldn't oh, that, there you go. Wouldn't that be fun? I think you should buy wow, an Avant. that would be awesome. <laughs> you, you want me to buy a unicorn? Yeah. I think that you should put your name on pre-order for well, the Nitro I could mon- just, Monster, mo- Monstro, I Monstro, I, Menstrual, whatever it is. The, I, <laughs> menstrual, <laughs> Menstrual, Avant, <laughs> Menstrual. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you should definitely put your, Here's the deal. Put I will a down I will payment gladly, on one of them bad boys. I will gladly do it. I will not put a down payment on because it doesn't matter. I can put my name on a pre-order list all day long. And I will never see it materialize. So we can talk about that, but in real, you know, looking at it realistically, we should real we should make uh, plans on getting a what model about, that actually is going to make you know materialize. You know, I would be, I would be open to try. Obviously, an N seven that does seem to be the hottest ticket. Um, yep, I would be open to try uh, a TSA nitro. Huh. Nah. I don't really know what. Nah. What about a Whiplash ninety intro? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he went there. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I hear good things about that company. Real solid. Oh, <laughs> oh, he's still going. <laughs> All right, so jabbing and twisting. We'll we'll have to look into that. Uh, obviously, listener suggestions, fantastic. But you know, I mean. Look, I love my nitro, my Align nitro, and you know this just might be something I'm gonna have to get used to dealing with. But the simple matter of fact is, I'm struggling finding parts. I got to get that figured out. Ed's got it all stripped apart, sitting in his house. Uh, one thing I want to talk about very briefly is how awesome that motor, that YS91 that I have. You guys saw the pictures, dude. 20, yeah. After how many gallons? Twenty-four gallons through that thing. I don't know how you made it through 24 gallons without throwing a rod. Did you see how clean that fucking it, motor it is? It honestly looked like it just came out of the box. I don't know, guys. When I, you look you look at the back plate, when you take the back plate yeah. off, the piston was eh, was I, a little discolored, but seriously. Are you going to put a new rod in it? Please no, say yes. No. Are you, he, you're dude, not? he's going to run it until it's all over. Dude, that rod has some modification to it. Yeah, but... Oh, I don't know. Did you add more material? Took, <laughs> yeah. Took some material away. Ooh. Here's the deal. Ooh. Here's the deal. That motor has... Someone made a comment. Looks good. Looks like you had a little bit of a rich tune. Hey, you're right. I did. But you know what? I had a rich tune, and it was producing plenty of power for my flying style. Oh, yeah, dude. Yep. yep. Um. So, yeah, that may be. And I got to tell you, um, right now, there's absolutely... There's almost zero compression. I mean, there's some... It's wore out. Twenty four gallons built. It's it is ready to be re- rebuilt. There's no question. Which leads me to my next bitch. Try to find some YS parts. Now, granted, we did get. We've been told to contact YS Direct, and that's something I am going to do. But I don't know about you guys, but I can't find any goddamn YS parts anywhere. Oh yeah, good luck. Nope. So Freaking I am going to be contacting YS directly <laughs> to see about getting some rebuild parts. But other than that, guys, no flying. Didn't Don't even fly. get a chance to fly the. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> say it. <laughs> little hovering sad. Little hovering mass of sadness. <laughs> Hovering mass of sadness. We need to See, explore I, this. I feel like seated. we could, we could, you know, we are equal opportunity here at RC Helly yeah. Nation. Why, why you, can't we, we talk about what is this we stuff? You got to turn in your pocket. I, I want to hear about Dan's hovering mass of. Sadness. I'm sure Jesse does too. Yeah, I got, I got. One. I don't, I don't. I'll be the only one. I'll stay true. 
Well, I didn't fly. Well, I, so dude, really I don't have one. I'm just sympathetic to those who've crossed over to the poop side. I did put some lights on it, though. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, dude, I was proud of the fact that abort, I figured that abort. bullshit out. You're not getting the right response. Move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's great. I put lights on mine too last week. It's awesome. So. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, Nick, I'm gonna, Elton. I'm gonna. Elton John fruitcake. I, I can't wait to to let you fly it and, <laughs> and just experience the coolness of the yeah. multi rotor again. Refresh, yeah. revigorate, re-energize your enthusiasm. I just <laughs> live for that moment. <laughs> All right, anything else this week? Uh, no, man, that, that's it for me. Who's next? I started out with a no-fly. It's not. It it's just not going to happen with the weather that we've been getting. Uh, abort. No. Are we, oh, we're, we're aborting already? Okay. Thanks, Jesse. Well, that's great. No-fly. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, I get the no-fly. It's been rainy and windy as hell. Oh, jeez. Jackhammer. 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 All right. Dan, are you done? I possibly. Give me one more. Just give me one more. <laughs> no, no. Come on. Okay. You can I do can it. Jesse, let's, Jesse. Oh, yeah, it. Jesse, you. you For you, the first time in the last week, on, I can say And then now you're all silent. <laughs> I just got the ball rolling, and then I just sit back and walk yeah. out you guys totally missed that. Did you guys hear what Nick just said? What did he say? <laughs> For the first time in a week, he can actually say he's, he's holding back. <laughs> I can hold it back. <laughs> he can hold it back. <laughs> oh, that's good, <laughs> dude. <laughs> okay, proceed. Okay. Fine, sir. Moving on. Jack Hammer. So- <laughs> Jeez, dude. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Hold on, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a sip of beer and wait for you to uh, no, get it all no out of your system. This. I had no part in this. Yeah, was this on the notes? Or what? <laughs> I don't know why he's going to the jackhammer thing. I mean, I said no fly. He could have run with that. It's funny. That's it's, why it's your new thing. Whether you knew it or not, every it's, time yeah. Justin talks, it's we're the, just gonna play the new, old old new says, thing. Jackhammer. <laughs> It's the new old new thing. <laughs> All right, I'm going to come up with one for you, Dan. All right, but we'll move on. All right, moving on. Okay. So you remember last week I was talking about the fact that I was considering moving on from the Whiplash gasser to try another gasser out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of kind of thought it through about thirty seconds longer, pulled the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no, nothing like impulse. You pulled a so trigger? I, yeah. Dude, I sold the whiplash gasser. Okay. The airframe has been sold. Now, I'm keeping the power system because, like I said, I want to get into another gasser. But, yeah, uh, it's interesting because I put it up on the market, on the market, on the forums <laughs> early last afternoon or or that. Early last afternoon. Early last afternoon. <laughs> put the beard down. Well, my good man, sir, I put it up on the forums. This last oh, no, afternoon. <laughs> I put it on the forum. The morrow. Good morrow, morrow, sir. Good morrow. Would you like to purchase my gasser? <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
This whole show's gone to shit. Oh. Okay. So you sold two. the gasser. So I, I sold the gasser. I, and what blows my mind is I put it? it up for sale, and like two days later, we got the min air announcement. So is he going to pay you in a fortnight? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Only a few shillings. <laughs> so, okay, so you, you sold the gasser. <laughs> <laughs> you sold the gasser uh, like the day before the announcement? Yeah, I didn't know anything about the announcement, and all of a sudden that pops up while I'm negotiating a deal with this guy. And he actually he actually said, oh, I just heard Minair's going out of business. Can you tell me what parts you've got? Because I want to go and buy them all out at Helipros oh, yeah. so that I can keep it in the air. It turns out this guy's a huge gasser fan. He's already got one uh, whiplash in the air. And he's going to take my airframe and either put a second engine in it or use it as a parts heli. Either way, that's a good idea. So I sold it, kept the power system, still got the the engine and all the stuff that goes along with it. And now I'm trying to figure out what gasser I want to get. I've already gotten people telling me to get a goblin gasser. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Yeah, you'll have one. <laughs> I give you, it a week. Kidding, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> give it time. No, no, kidding? no. Yeah. No, dude, there's something that, that, that just does not do it for me. Whatever. Yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> We've heard all this before. Yep. Oh, dude, Nick, you be quiet, dude. <laughs> you have no room to talk <laughs> when it has to do with going back on what's being said. <laughs> dude, you will own a goblin gasser. No, I won't. You will. Boom. I won't. Done. End of Boom. story. <laughs> Boom. But here's the deal. I'm, I'm just going to move on. Here's the deal. I'm thinking I'd actually like to put my power system in like an Align 600 Nitro gasser conversion a little bit lighter weight same 27 cc engine and hopefully be able to get a little bit more performance out of it because I, I, I want my gasser to fly like my nitro i know that's Bio-electric. probably unreasonable <laughs> Bio- <laughs> Bio-electric. You can always nitro, buy a nitro. Okay. there there's no you there is no end of that statement that is accurate i would like to i would like my gasser to fly like uh, crap dude <laughs> sold done oh come oh, on we can hook you right up yeah yeah a big heavy uh, turd i think if you get the heli light enough you can get it to feel more powerful more like a nitro okay. i say by a bergen oh yeah there we I go i don't think it's gonna fit in a 450 but yeah we'll see it all it can do is hover dan <laughs> If you close your eyes and get real drunk, they're all supermodels, too. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Justin, I don't think that there's a... I'm not... I don't think that there is a, there is a model out there that suits that, uh, that design. I think you're you know. right, Dan. I think that you are absolutely right. And what about that, Carrie uh, agrees. That, that said... OMG. Is Nick still... Is Nick still talking? Well, no, I was being Wait sincere. Wait a minute, I've... What? I was being sincere. So, say that again? Well, you said you didn't no. think there was one. Should, you said there, you didn't think there was one. You're but right. I was the being o- honest. The OMG actually is the one that I'm thinking of that at least the video we saw 
uh, what was that like a year ago? Dude, seemed yeah. to be pretty damn powerful. And Where'd that's that why I had go? the thought <laughs> of putting a 27 or a 29 cc engine in they're a con- 600 size heli. How'd it work out their, for them? They're concentrating their efforts into the Condor. Into the Condor. Oh, dude. That's what I'm going to get. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Sold. You need Sold. to get a Condor. Hey, I found out what that I'm gonna cancer get, hump... I'm going to get a little dude to sit in the gunner's turret on the back of the tail. <laughs> dude, I found out what that cancer hump is. What um, is that? Oh, dude. <laughs> that is for um, a GPS, GPS satellite thing. The little mm. antenna. Mm. Well... Mm. Yeah, Carrie and I had a long conversation about the Condor. He was not pleased that we tore into it like we did. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Boy. Well, <laughs> well, oh, sorry, like, Carrie. He was like, Ward, you were a little hard on the beaver last night. <laughs> 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 I got an idea. Next time, don't design a helicopter that looks like a rectal toy and we won't tear into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. I want to know okay. what all they had laying on the table <laughs> yeah. when they drew that one up. What what what's happening this week? <laughs> yeah, this 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 show is we're already <laughs> we're on we're on a steep downward slope. My face just hurts from just laughing. <laughs> hey, where's our moral compass anyway? Jesse Jesse's on strike. <laughs> He's he can't, uh, how can you expect him to be effective when he can't stop laughing? Can't find north. <laughs> 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 All right, so let's get back on track here. So, okay, back on track. Justin's looking for a, another gasser platform. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, you're not going to find I, it. You know what? I'm I'm not going to find it, but I'm still going to try because I'm stubborn and Dude, we'll see what we can come up with. Let me tell you, I may need to justinize it a bit. Let me dro- let me drop some some knowledge on you here. Drop some the knowledge. The only dude. thing you're going to be able to do mm-hmm. is you are going to have to investigate conversions. Oh yeah, of course, dude. You're not going to. That find... was the whole plan. Is that the plan? Yeah, yeah. What? Why yeah. didn't you just say that up front, dude? I did last week, dude. <sighs> like I remember. Did what you? We were about you? Last did week. you listen to that episode? I didn't, I didn't even download okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing our numbers now, dude. <laughs> Every download counts. <laughs> okay, you didn't download it fifty times. You said I had to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. I, I thought so we were all supposed to download of our Nation episodes. <laughs> we, put, we each have a, a computer that that's all it does. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. it. One terabyte external hard drive. <laughs> oh. Anyway. All right. So okay. conversion. You're, have you looked into... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Ollie over at Helibug has a 600 nitro conversion that, you know, it's it's stout. I don't think it's the lightest weight. But it might work. I have and one of, I, I was talking to Carrie. I've got, uh, like I've said in the past, I've got a Toxic Racing Motors 27cc gas engine. Yeah. And Al, I believe, is now able to do a 29, or at least he's been testing a 29. And apparently he will do an upgrade if you just send in your 27. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but get a little bit more power out of it. From what I've heard, it's a it's a reasonable amount more power. Uh-huh. So we'll see. And and the other thing is I've been cheap on the gasser front and not pulled the trigger on the big tuned pipe. But from what I hear, that's really what it takes. So uh-huh. who knows? Yeah. Okay. Make it, make it happen. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on. 
Oh, my God. What more? time is it? More? Speed time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fast, so, fast, fast. Go fast. Yeah, yeah talk faster. real fast. Yeah, this fast. should be fast. Faster. <laughs> this should be fast. <laughs> Screw you, Jesse. <laughs> That's not the first time Justin's heard that. Yeah. Goblin oh. is definitely the fastest thing on this show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, except our ratings going down. Oh man! <laughs> All right, so tell me about your uh, your goblin speed. I can sense the excitement, I, in dude. Dan's I, voice. I'm the only one here that's actually paying attention. I'm very excited. I am excited. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So the build has begun. You know, it's it's the uh, here we go. Incoming insults. Just you got get them get them ready, guys. <laughs> uh, they're ready. It's they're the third <laughs> goblin that I've built. Uh huh. And so it goes together really quickly. Mm-hmm. And for those of you guys who have actually built the goblin before, you know that. They're not. You know, I, I've been spending a lot of time trying to take pictures so that I've got good, nice quality photos for the actual write up. And two hours in, and I'm ba- basically ready to put the tail on it. Uh, there's not much left to do after that other than do electronic setup. But as I'm taking things slow and researching as I go, I don't have all of my electronics yet. What I've been spending most of my time on this week in terms of research is power systems. And originally what I wanted to do was just to go all out and see what this thing could do, you know, maxed out on power systems. Then I started to realize two things. One, most people that are going to buy the Goblin Speed probably aren't going to do that because it's going to be their first entry into the speed world. And two... $1,500 to $2,000 for a power system (laughs) is a lot of money. So what I'm going to do on this review is try to keep it down to earth. Start with something that, let's say a beginner that's wanting to get their feet wet in the speed world can handle. Normal, typical components. uh, Normal, well, not normal head speeds, but not the 25 Mm -hmm. to 2600 RPM that the kid is capable of handling. So I'm shooting for, say, 2,200, 2,300 RPM. We're going to go 12S instead of 14S, probably 5,000 packs. They're going to have to be 60C. I'm still working to figure out what I want to do on that one. And it comes stock with a 22-tooth uh, pinion. So I think I'm going to go Scorpion 4530-540, which is a beast of a motor, but still I'd consider that readily available for the average 700 flyer Mm -hmm. the esc though is the one that's got me a little up in the air i i've got i got scorpion 160 i can do i've got a yge 160 but i'll tell you what i'm really seriously thinking doing uh, of doing a castle 160 and i'll tell you why a everyone knows castle they're super popular right now and i think they are the most readily accessible especially because of the price and how many people use them in terms of knowledge of tuning and two it's got data logging so what what better way to do this than to use the data logging and creep up on the head speed that gets me maxed out at 160 amps and then i can actually say hey this is the speed a goblin speed can get to on what one might consider a typical 700 setup and that's what i think is is cool about about doing that you know because some people they might not be buying everything brand new for this 
Mm-hmm. You might be saying like, hey, I've got this 700 class electric over here, this other one, maybe this, you know, brand A or whatever, brand B yep. that I don't fly that much anymore because I have my, my new cool one over here. I would like to get into a speed heli. Let's see what I can use out of it. So maybe they use their servos out of it. They've got a, they've already got a 160 in there. And so then it comes down to just airframe and get a different motor. I, I, you know, use the same packs they had. I think that's a really good idea on yep. your part to, you know, just get a baseline for what normal people would use or, or is actually that's feasible it. to get. That's the key, Nick. Yeah, I, I do want to get a baseline. I want to see stock heli with standard setups. What can we expect out of it? It's not going to win any world records. We talked to Ben about that last week. It's not a TDR. It's not a Diablo or a Banshee. But I think it's going to get going faster than most typical helis would, even on a standard setup. I mean, yeah. you spin any set of 720 blades at 22 or 2300 RPM, that thing's going to move. Oh, yeah. So. Yep. I think that's fair. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. It, a lot the of cool part there. is then you can, from there, once you have a baseline with that, you know, we'll call that a basic setup. Mm-hmm. Then I think what is kind of neat is that you can start like every, you know, you, you do a quote unquote upgrade to it. You can kind of go back and track and see which stuff really makes, you know, the biggest difference. Yeah. Is this it was going worth to a, another 10 miles an hour. This was exactly. worth five. This was 20. Yeah. yeah yep. But I think it's good to, you know, to, to just have a baseline. Yep. I agree. So that, that's what we're going to do. And then the next thing I'm going to tackle is the servo system. Uh, it goes without saying the fly barless will be Bavarian Demon, not only because I'm on the team, but also because it happens to be arguably the best system out there for high-speed flying. And in fact, almost all of the speed guys fly BD. So I think I'm in good hands there. And, and we'll see what happens uh, from there. Sounds like fun to me. What did you do with the... Uh with the vinyl that Bert signed. Did you put that above your bed like you told us you were going to do? I, I I actually, I put it in the shower. Oh, perfect. That's even better. Yep, it's on the wall Because the then shower. you can get dirty and clean at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I am so not going there. Oh, too far. So Moral that leaves compass Jesse. didn't jump in. <laughs> that leaves you Jesse. were late on that one, Jesse. Hey, Justin, shh. Hey, your your week's over. <laughs> Go, Jesse. It's Jesse's time to talk. So after giving Justin all that crap, I also have to, you know, hand me one of the no fly cards. No fly, well. no fly. All you bums. That's yeah, right. I know. It's painful. It hurts. You know, I looked looked outside last weekend. Six. You know, I think we got six to eight inches of snow here in Pullman. And so that's uh, I fly. <laughs> I fly about two miles down a gravel road, completely unplowed, and it was very cold, and that that just wasn't happening. That just did not sound like a good time to me. (laughs) No, even if I was flying helis. So, no flying last weekend, and then this past week, it it has warmed up, which, you know, I I saw the temperature starting to come up, and I was thinking, well, you know, this is going to be awesome. I don't have class Thursday, this will give me an opportunity to get out finally fly that 7hv that i spent all week a couple weeks ago cleaning and you know this will be good but unfortunately the warmer weather has melted away all the snow every single bit of snow is gone 
But now we have like 35 mile an hour winds, like the base speed. Like you log on to the weather channel and it just says 35 as the base speed. <laughs> Dude, that's the freaking worse. <laughs> so it's like, dang it. Now it's 38, you know, 42 degrees out, but it's still, it's so, so windy. So unfortunately I didn't get out this past week either. And I, I really hope it stops for this weekend, but not going to lie, it is not looking good for this weekend. So, so let me ask you a question now. The, kind of the same thing happened here. Most of the snow's melted. Now we have mm-hmm. little miniature lakes everywhere. I oh, mean, yeah. There's so much standing the, water. The, I would have to put it in four-wheel drive just to get down the gravel road now because they put, they closed the road down to like all you know all the semis that usually go down it just because the road is literally a sponge now. Yeah. Um, so it would be a mess just to try to get to the field anyways, yep. um, just cause the ground was frozen for so long and now it's 40 degrees out, mm-hmm. but I did fly the sim every single night this last week. I am, it feels good. Finally, that routine, it's like, I didn't fly the sim for so long. It was just sporadic here and there. And finally to get back into that every single night, it's just 1130, put down what I'm doing jump on the sim for 30 minutes, and then if I still have more stuff that needs to get done, go back to it. But at least I'm getting in that 30 minutes every night, and it's it's finally automatic. So it is you know great to be back in that routine, and hopefully that can continue because just within a week and a half, basically I'm back to where I was on the sim. Now I obviously need to get some real stick time in to confirm that, but it's it's just good to be working on some maneuvers again. So these last couple of weeks, I've been going back, not necessarily learning anything new or crazy, but I think we've mentioned it before. You, you can basically just over the winter get rusty on stuff that, you know, maybe last September I was doing right on the deck, but now it's just not quite so comfortable. So for me, this last week I was going back through and really working on reverse peril flips, um, just trying to get the transitions nice and clean and really having good control over the left rudder um, is a big one for me. And then working back, you know, kind of revisiting the pyromobiuses as well, really trying to clean up the upright portion of that. Um, I've got down the inverted portion pretty well. I'm very confident with that. But once you do that transition in the middle and flip the heli over to upright, um, I can definitely do it, but it's not something that, you know, it's 100% comfortable. Let's go out right now with the real heli and let's go for it sort of a thing. So... That one definitely needs a little bit more work. So five minutes a night, hopefully within the next week, couple weeks, that one will be ready to go. And then also this last week, I sat down. Oh, I don't remember what night was it, Nick, where we sat down and we were flying the sim for probably an hour and a half, two hours I was on there and got a model all tuned up for real flight. So Nick, is that? Oh, 700X aggressive model up on the website? It is not. That is it a isn't. privately found on my Facebook page. Ooh. Oh, but it is I available about that. If, if somebody it. wanted to obtain it, it is online. Yeah, no, I'll put it up. I'll put it up on ours. I don't yeah, know what got into me, but I just sat down and decided, I don't know, it's just not quite right. So I tweaked and tuned, tweaked and tuned and messed and... Came up with a we were pretty sending aggressive. it back and forth like yep. <laughs> four times. Yeah, pretty aggressive Blade 700X model that I still just could not be any happier with. Yeah, that's been the my go-to. Like I, like I was saying, before I flew that model, I was like, the model I'm, I was still flying the uh, 
KDS. And I'm like, this, this model's, you know, it's flying great. But then once you sent me over that one, that has now become my new go-to model. It's extremely realistic on the cyclic and the collective. It just feels great. It's easy to just sit down and, you know, get something valuable out of your sim time. Yeah. Jesse, did you ever figure out that uh, leg issue you were talking about? Yeah, just don't use the ADFT. Oh, so you're just using <laughs> you, So you can't fix it? You just have to use the Interlink controller? I, I honestly gave it like another 15 minutes, and I said, you know, I I really just want to fly the sim. That's that's going the wrong direction with building my momentum of simming. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so it's like I just Abandon kinda, it and move on. Yeah, I just kind of realized this, you know, isn't working, so I just put that down and just kept flying with the Interlink. Ah. Um but yeah, for some reason, the interlink, I just, the left rudder maneuvers for me doesn't translate over very well from the interlink controller to the 8FG. And I think the main reason for that is the 8FG has two switches up on the left. So you got your idle up. I use the, so on the top of the transmitter on the left, I use the front one as the idle up. And then you still have a switch in the back. So my finger is in between a switch. And then on the interlink controller, there's only one switch on each side of the transmitter. And so when I go to do left rudder, I think I kind of move my palm away from the transmitter a little bit. And that middle finger that's usually in between the switches on the 8FG is free to move wherever on the interlink controller. And so something there is not making the left rudder maneuvers transfer over real nice. So I, I still really do want to get the 8FG working. Just I really don't want to put it You know what the solution is? I have Take a out a switch? Oh. Buy a 14SG. Buy a 14SG. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if believe that would it or fix not, it, though. No, it would. Because Why? believe it or not, the, the 14SG is, in in my opinion, feels a lot closer in shape overall to the Interlink. Ah. So it's not... I mean, I, I fly them. The only thing that I've noticed for me is that on uh, right rudder... Um, I did have to lengthen my stick a little bit on the 14SG because of the shape okay. on the on like the right upper inner portion of the gimbal. I was hitting my fingers there, but once mm-hmm. I extended the gimbal up a little bit, I could clear that. But it's overall sh- shape wise, it's about the same size. So I I kind of just gave up gotcha. plugging my 14SG in because it wasn't that yeah, big. it wasn't similar. enough of a difference. Yeah, didn't yeah. bother me at all. Huh. Good to know. Well, may, maybe in the future, but not the foreseeable future. That's uh, <laughs> that, would have, that yeah, was got, probably a little a I, little low on the list. <laughs> I, I got two of them, two fourteen SGs. I mean, <laughs> if Dan wants to send me one, I'll I'll use it. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, so then to try to get that the left rudder down, I've actually been so one new thing I've been doing on the sim is so instead of doing a maneuver for five minutes. I limit myself to, I can only give left rudder input for five minutes. That's it. Because I've just, for the last, you know, basically since I've started flying, been so right rudder dependent. It's like just my go-to on nearly every maneuver. And so now I'm going back and trying to learn a lot of this stuff using left rudder. And it's just not as comfortable. So one of the new things I'm rotating in is five minutes. Set the timer. Don't touch the right rudder for five minutes and try to, fly around, do pyro flips, stall, you know, the whole deal. And so hopefully after a couple of weeks, that will start paying off as well. That is a tough one to do. Well, and that, that is, it, it almost feels like you, you're so 
limited. Like your brain, you start making correction, you know, you start correcting the wrong direction for orientations that, you know, just cause you're trying to focus on the rudder so much. Yeah, man. And yeah, it's, it's tough. Hopefully <laughs> it's not looking good right now. I'm definitely not ready for a flight all left rudder. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully in a couple weeks, but other than that, um, I, I also put some some lights on my multi rotor. That in there, yeah. <laughs> That's Ooh. all though. Just just a couple lights. Embrace the horror, Nick. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. You like it. So is that it then? Uh, everybody. That's in? it. I I really hope I'll get some flying in next week. It, this is really killing my my flight total for the year. I I've been logging all my flights and. I'm going to have to have a couple of weeks where I get in like 40 flights. Uh, Jesse, I do <laughs> have, some, back uh, up. I have some exciting news that you might like. Um, yeah. I talked a little bit about it last week. I will confirm it, though, as if it wasn't obvious, but Ed bought a 7HV. Ah, I did say that last week. 100% he did. For sure well, now. I didn't confirm it was Ed. I just let you guys run with <laughs> oh, You pretty much <laughs> you did. <laughs> it it'll be here tomorrow. He's really excited about it. Nice. nice. Yeah. So well, sweet. Good good for Ed. That's really about it. Uh maybe we should do some news, huh? Yeah, probably should. Let's do it. Yeah. So guys, I got a question for you. Where is your one stop shop for high powered motors? upgrade performance parts, and of course, some sexy bling for nearly any model of heli. Definitely KDEDirect.com. That's right. So whether you want to turn your heli into a performance machine, or you just want it to stand out a little bit, visit KDEDirect.com for all your upgrade needs. Alrighty guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What you got, Nick? Not a whole bunch of news this week. Uh, there's a pretty cool video put up, and and this is something that I think I, I'm ready to start dabbling with because I really dig it. There's a pretty sweet video put up of um, someone testing a BK servo, like doing a speed test on the 4010, the iCharger 4010 Duo. And this is, you know, it's really not anything super new in the news. Charger's been out for quite a while. Um, but I've only seen it done a couple times. It, it's something that I keep forgetting about. But when I saw this, I wanted to let everyone know that if you haven't dabbled with that feature of your 4010, it is cool. You can basically plug plug your servo in, run this speed test, and it will actually it will report back to you what the speed of the servo actually is. Not what's printed on the box, but um, what it what it really is. And it's pretty cool. Like on these, they were testing them and saying they were, I mean, A, a little bit faster than advertised, and B, amazing how fast it was even um, once the voltage starts getting lower and lower. So just a little side note I wanted to mention. If you haven't tried that out and you're bored trying to kill these winter months, uh, check that out. You know who that someone was? Well, I know that Chris Chris Trebby did one, didn't he? Was that this video, though? That's his video. Well, I'll be damned. Thanks, Chris, for doing that. Good job, Chris. 
Yeah. Uh, Halo. Halo, Halo. Now coming out with both 300 and 60 millimeter. I guess not and. 360 millimeter. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> what? what are those going to go? What flies a 60 millimeter blade? Yeah. 360 <laughs> millimeter and 610 millimeter blades. Ooh, so all that of you. Is a- awesome. Gowie X3, Warp. Uh, T-Rex 450L owners rocking the 360s. The one guy flying the Rave 450. <laughs> that guy can have some. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to get my Rave a jab in for you. A pair of blades for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in 610s. So check those out. I, I'm not sure. I think we have a set on the way. I think. I don't know. Oh, cool. 700s. Yes, we're going to uh, I think we're going to try the 700s. I do believe. Give those a spin. Still curious about those. Yeah. Um, let's see. What? Man, I don't have much. I'm hoping. Well, make something up, damn it. Well, I'm hoping <laughs> that maybe someone else does cuz I don't have much. I do. Well, I don't have much, but I've got news. Yeah, I was going to say I got some too, so Okay. Well, I'm going first. All right. Okay. Here we go. MKS is bringing out a new servo. Just when you thought the X8s weren't big and strong enough, they now have the new X10s. These things blow my freaking mind. Are you ready for this? So here's the deal. They are being advertised as for quarter scale and fifth scale car, boat, airplane, helicopters, UAVs. They are a standard size servo layout, okay? So it'll fit in all of your typical 7 and 800 sized helicopters, high voltage, brushless, but torquey as hell, man. At 8.2 volts, these things put out 69 kilogram centimeters of torque. Does anyone want to guess what that is in ounce inches? I don't. Can I count I that high? Six hundred? Nine hundred and sixty. Oh. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, wow, dude. That is heavy duty. I don't even have jokes for servos that strong. Yeah, seriously. You could like and, hang and people at, with that shit, dude. So nine hundred and sixty ounce inches, and it's at a speed of point one three. Now, I mean that's a little slow compared to what we've come to expect on cyclic servos, but for that torque, I mean, come on, man. So wow. I just, it blows my mind. Let me guess, uh, 380 bucks a piece. We do not have yeah. a price yet, <laughs> so I don't know, but, you know, the X8s right now, they retail at between 190 and 200 a piece, so I'm going to guess this <laughs> is probably closer to like 250. 250-ish. Yeah. Probably Jesus. between two and three hundred bucks somewhere in there. Oh my god! Wow, yep. that's you know that is basically like saying, "Oh yeah, I'm going to buy a new heli, so now I need to go buy a new set of flybarless systems for my heli." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or I need to go buy four new motors for my new helicopter. I mean, dude. Yeah, that's, water yeah, repellent. They something. say though. That's well, that's an interesting one. It is important. we fly in water a lot. Well. It's for boats and cars. <laughs> so, boats. <laughs> what is the size? What size of boat needs something that strong for the rudder control? Yeah. 
I don't know, man. Like a, a yacht? A full scale? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a full scale <laughs> yacht. Grandpa's fishing boat? Yeah. yeah. A Bassmaster? Wow. The Bassmaster 4000. <laughs> you know there's someone that's going to put a set of these on like a T-Rex 700 Nitro. Dude, why? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Because Just they because. can. Because they can, I guess. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same reason that people will put a set of $3,000 rims on a 1987 Honda Civic. With a primer yep, paint job. Yeah. With a primer America. paint job. With a primer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is that it? Is that all you got? That's what I got, dude. Huh. How about you, Jesse? You got a... Oh, I got a... I got some news. You got a tidbit of news? Bring to this show. Oh, yeah. You got some... Uh, you going to drop some news on us, are you? Oh, yeah. You're so our Drop a little friends, bit of news, uh, you know, pa- some information on us there. I was, some, I was trying to start. Some yeah. news. You got some news, mm-hmm. do you? Jesse's yeah, got some... Some, some news. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, you got some news? Yeah, I do got some right, news. Do you Damn, got? would you what like you, to hear it? I would love to hear it. You'd love to hear it. Perfect. So our our friends. From I don't want to hear it. Good. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Your friends so from our where? friends from Katie Direct. Oh, I think yeah. I think we've heard of them. I Patrick do. and Leslie in this video. Mm-hmm. They're doing. They're giving us an overview of their new XF multi rotor. What brushless Ooh. motors. Oh yeah, they they take you, they show you the inside and out of this motor, complete thing. Tear it all the way down, show you you all the features. They they do. It's (laughs) a a trip. Multi rotor journey. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and (laughs) so yeah, we we talked about these motors a couple. I think it was last week in the news, two weeks ago in the news. Oh, that's that one where I I, uh, jumped. Where you you tried to ruin it like three times. (laughs) Yeah. That was my news. Thanks. Yeah. So now you can go, you know, they got a video showing you them in person. And I got to say, either I have to buy a bigger multi-rotor to put these on. Yeah. Or he's got to design some smaller motors because these look pretty <laughs> awesome. So, <laughs> well, we already you know. Aren't these like, aren't they like 6S or four? Yeah, 5 to 6S. Yeah, they're like, yep. like the S800 or. Well, and it's nice because, you know, they've catered it to sort of what you want to do with your multi-rotor. He has one that's more catered towards heavy lift. I mean, obviously, they're all, you know, powerful and efficient and extremely, extremely smooth. But I thought that was was cool. So depending on what you want to do, he's got definitely probably got something that will suit your needs. And, dude, you know what the most impressive thing was about that video? If you look when he pulls it apart on the actual rotor. Okay, the the outrunner rotor where the magnets are attached in inside the can, mm-hmm. they are retained with like an aluminum ring, like in a housing. They're not just glued on to the side of the can. It's really impressive. Nice. Yeah. Nick, you cannot deny the multi rotor revolution that is upon us. I'm going to deny the multi rotor. I am going to not. I am not going to deny. The quality of these motors. How about that? That's fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. Is that fair? Sure. Can I meet you in the middle? Yeah, we can. It's a little compromise. That's what we do. That's what people do. They compromise. That's how relationships work, Dan. (laughs) I mean, as I'm as I'm finding out, trying to. uh, (laughs) I mean, you put a camera under these things. It it is amazing how small of a vibration can can cause uh, an issue with your footage. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is important that you know this much quality and engineering does go into these motors yeah. when you're trying to get you know top production value out of your footage that you're taking from these multi rotors. They're electronically balanced by like a little glue squirting balancer robot. Uh, <laughs> could have left that one out, dude. It's true. Glue squirting. Oh, I yep. see. We got we got to work on your verbiage. There. Do, I, do I see footage of that on tube eight or where 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 do I find? Yeah. It? <laughs> where do I see that? Oh, Jesse.com. Oh, wow, I, I I'm holding you accountable for this, Jesse. I, you should have stopped it. No, no, no. That was all you. Any all other right. news? Is that it? <laughs> I think that's all the news I want to report. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't have anything for news. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you guys, oh, sweet. You guys, Why, thank you, Dad. Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> Back to you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're going to move on. But before we do that, this week's news, guys, has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Impulsiveness. It's something us heli pilots have learned to accept and love. Sometimes we're feeling a bit impulsive and just feel like skimming through a website to see if anything jumps out at us. With their large variety of helicopter and multi-rotor kits, parts, and accessories, you'll be sure to find something at HeliPros to scratch that itch. So head on over to www.helipros.com to check out what they've got. ESC Shootout. Take two. Oh, yeah. What's that? <laughs> Deja vu. I, I feel like we've been here before. We have. The listeners have not. What happened? Um, so here's what we're going to do. Justin's been talking about this ESC shootout for quite some time, and he's got, you know, he had the, remember, Nick was kind of giving him shit about the ESC vendor. Vending machine that he needed to put in his shop, so he could just. Yes. <laughs> so he has all these ESCs, you know, the, the typical more the ESCs that we're familiar with: Contronic, the Castle, YGE, a few of the others. Are, are there any others, or is it just those three? Castle, Scorpion, YGE, Contronic, Scorpion. So here we go. Justin's going to take us through the ESC shootout. Yeah, this one, as Dan, as you already pointed out, this one. Uh, it's been a long time in the making. I've been working this, I think, probably now close to six months. Had lots of listeners bug me about getting this done because they're very curious as to what's going on with these ESCs. So before I get into the details, what I wanted to make sure everyone understood was that the the thing that I was testing in particular was the actual internal governors on these ESCs. As you guys know, I fly for Bavarian Demon, and unfortunately, what that means is that I don't have a governor in my flybarless controller like you guys that fly Skookum or V-Bar or Icon. So I, I've pretty much got to rely on the ESC governors for all of my electric governing needs. So I found myself owning two of these already and decided, well, screw it, I'm going to buy two more and just make it happen see what what happens with the uh with all the different helis that i've got them in and uh see what the governor gives me 
So we'll go really quick through stats so that everyone knows what we're talking about here. Castle Phoenix, Ice 2, 160 HV, the typical 160 HV that's been replaced by the Edge now. But from a functionality standpoint, it's got everything except for the ability to support external governor. So it's a 12S system, no BEC. Scorpion, 160 HV. A YG-160HV with a heat sink, and the famed Contronic Heli-Jive 120 Plus with the heat sink. So the, the Castle and the Contronic are 12S capable only. The Scorpion and the YGE being newer ones are actually able to support up to 14S. All of them are 160 amp capable except for the Heli-Jive, which is 120 the caveat to that is that with the heat sink that you can add for an extra few bucks and sufficient airflow, you can get it up to peaks of, I've heard, as many as 180 to 200 amps without a problem. All of them except for the YGE have auto-rotation bailout of one form or another. All of them support external governor, so if you do decide to run a governor on your flybarless system, you can. All of them except for the castle has something called active freewheeling. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. They all have automatic timing and uh, they are all opto. In other words, no BEC except for the heli jive. It's got a five to six volt ESC or BEC. So what I tried to do here was choose four categories that most people I think would want to know about. One's ease of setup. Ease of tuning, governor performance, and auto rotation bailout performance. And then we'll talk about overall. And the way I did it was I just ranked them one through four. There are four ESCs, there's a winner, there's a loser, there are two in between. Sometimes they tie. And we'll see how that how that goes. Ease of setup. This one is really important, especially for people that are new to ESCs and big electrics, okay? Because the last thing you want to do is feel uncomfortable or not confident about your big electric setup. Um, we'll go right down the line in order of the ESCs that I already listed out. So the Castle 160, I gave that a 2. It actually tied with Scorpion. It's actually pretty darn easy to set up. It uses PC software. You can fully configure it for heli or airplane operation, whatever you want to do right there on your PC with a little USB link. There are a couple of options that you actually have to set up before you're ready to go, mainly the governor setup, uh, the current limiting low voltage cutoff, and then you can choose data logging if you want. But, Overall, it takes, what would you guys say? I, I think if, if you've never used a castle before, it's got to take you no more than 10 or 15 minutes if you read all the tool tips to understand what each of the settings are. And, and that's the nice part about the castle. The tool tips and the software are so awesome. They, they are, they're not a couple of sentences in bad English. They're like paragraphs. Descri well, seriously, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're paragraphs describing this is what this thing does, this is what the settings mean or how they affect the performance, and you can actually, not having ever looked at this before, read the tooltips and get a feel for how you want to set the ESC up. 
Throttle calibration is really easy. You go into fixed endpoints and adjust on your transmitter. Super simple. So that guy gets a 2. Okay? Scorpion, 160 HV, the commander. I gave it a 2 as well. It's tied with Castle. Uh, it's, it's actually not that much more difficult. Uh, the, the challenge with Scorpion is that it has an IR, IR programmer. And the IR programmer in the past, for those who have run the Scorpion before, previous versions, can be a bit of a challenge to get to work. Nowadays, it works a lot better, and you can also supplement it with PC software, which is the way I do it, using a USB programmer, just like the Castle. And really, it's not that big of a deal once you get it going. Plug it in, you tell it what your low voltage cutoff is, you you tell it what mode you want to run in, I'm running helicopter mode governor, okay? And then you set your gains, which all you have to do is stick with the default gains, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes. And then your first uh, startup, you spool up to 50% throttle, hold your pitch at zero degrees, and then let it spool back down, and that calibrates the governor. And then you, you do that once, and you move on from there, and you're ready to go throttle calibration all you got to do is high and low stick positions so really easy the yge 160 i gave that one a three the yge and and i'm going to catch some crap for this i know it but the yge in my opinion was a lot more challenging initially to get going i've had a lot of electric helis i'm not new to this stuff but i was new to the yge the manual is meh. It's it just it doesn't get the point across. I ended up having to go and Google a couple of things to be really sure I knew what I was doing. And then you've got this little programming card, which is actually pretty cool once you get it figured out. Uh, you can move through the settings really fast once you get it nailed, but it's it's not the most intuitive thing to do. Not even, you know, just wiring it correctly. The instructions don't do it justice. Throttle calibration still simple, high and low like Scorpion. But uh, overall, I think it's the worst of the pack on Isa setup. Maybe that's just because I'm spoiled on Castle. And then we've got the Contronic, the Heli Jive. This one is at the top of the list. Number one, Isa setup. It's ridiculous how fast you can do this, even if you've never flown an electric heli before. The manual instructions aren't the greatest, but they're easy enough to understand where you shouldn't be too uncomfortable. You power it up, you unplug the jumper, listen to the beeps. When it gets to the desired mode number, which is called out by the number of beeps, you drop your throttle. It says you're good to go and you move on. That's it. It's really that simple. Uh, You don't have to calibrate the throttle, but I recommend that people do because uh, it actually gives you an apples-to-apples comparison to other people that calibrate the throttle in terms of percentages for head speeds. It does the same sort of first spool up at zero pitch, 50% throttle curve as the Scorpion, and then once that governor setting is initialized, you're ready to go. Number two ease of tuning castle 160 comes in number three on this the reason is it's actually pretty easy to tune 
but that's also its downfall. You get one parameter on the governor tuning. It's called governor gain. Okay. You can move it up and you can move it down and you'll see what happens. And that's pretty much all you've got. You do all this through the Castlelink PC software. And, and so it's easy to do, to hook the thing up on your bench at the field and go, if you got a little netbook or a laptop, the problem is that really, once you start to see negative tendencies or behaviors in the heli, there's not much that you can do with a castle other than dropping your gain a few points until that goes away. What you'll tend to see is like a tail kick or a wobble or a shake. And that typically means your gain's too high. And the only thing you can do about that in the castle software is drop the gain. There aren't expert tuning parameters. And so you're pretty much stuck with whatever you can get out of it, out of that single gain parameter. Scorpion 160 gets a number two. You get two tuning parameters on the Scorpion P and I gain. You can do it either using the IR programmer or the USB software. And I always use the software. It's a hell of a lot quicker. And the nice thing about the Scorpion is, like I said before, the default gains five and five on P and I gives you a really nice baseline, super stable, well-behaved. It's a little soft for those of you who like hard, aggressive governor settings, but you're not going to lift it into a hover and have to chase anything down if you've done your setup correctly. Okay. And then once you're ready to go and move up to higher performance, you go into the software, you choose a number between one and 11 on P gain and between one and nine on I gain, and you're good to go. The, the other nice thing is if you're looking for a super aggressive governor, most of the 700 helis that I've tuned this guy on tend to be in a very narrow range of gains, usually between 8 and 10 on P and 6 and 8 on I. And if you keep a difference of, you know, 1 to 2 points between P and I, P being the higher value, then you pretty much can't lose with the Scorpion. The YGE gets number two tied with Scorpion. That, that's because basically all you have to do is put, uh, plug in the programming card. Once you figure out the programming card and how to use it, it's, it's pretty damn simple. And you get a small list of discrete P&I gain values. Uh, it tunes pretty much as easily as the Scorpion if you know how to tune a governor with P's and I's. Uh, you you don't have as many number options or, or gain values as you do on the Scorpion or even the Castle, but it's not too hard to find a good combination to get the thing to actually fly well. Number one again, drum roll. What do you think it is? The Contronic <laughs> Heli Jive. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I actually wrote this in my notes. Tuning what? Yeah, what tuning? Seriously. It's it's almost not needed for 99% of the pilots out there. You set it up the way I described earlier and fly the damn thing. Okay, the most you're going to need to do in 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 a typical situation is to run what's called Contronic special applications mode or KSA mode. You can add that to your mode four or whatever other mode you're running. And that's only so that it plays nice with bigger motors. Other than that. Uh, you can tune advanced parameters if you have like the programming disc or one of the cards, 
I don't have that and I've never found the need to do it. It just flies right out of the box. So here's the big one, governor performance. This is something I'm going to start out by saying is really subjective. Everyone's got a different thing they look for in governor. I know I look for different stuff than Nick and Jesse. We've talked about this at length before over the last few years. We've all got a slightly different flavor. And I think between the four of these ESCs, you're going to be able to get something that that meets what you want. Castle comes in number four for overall governor performance. It's it's good at best. And that's saying a lot because it's older versions back in the firmwares that were like two and three. It was absolutely horrible. I mean, in my opinion, unflyable as an actual governor. Nowadays, it's it's decent. Okay, we'll call it decent. We'll call it good. It still doesn't cut it, I don't think, for people who want to fly hard and at really high head speeds. And the reason is because you tend to be challenged getting to a high enough gain to feel like it's holding well without getting a tail wag or a kick or some other negative tendency. But in in my experience on both the 7HV and the Goblin 700, if you run at speeds below 18 or 1900 and you're doing smooth flying, it actually works quite well. Uh, and I've been able to get the gains up to like 25 or 26 on my Goblin right now running the 160. I'm at 27 on the Goblin 700. Mm. And my main head speed is, I think, about 1800. Beautiful. Okay. okay. Nice. But here's the question. Why does the castle suck? Anyone? <laughs> Just because. What about it's, it, though? It's got a this this tail thing. It's just yep. got this tail performance. Nasty d- tail. Yeah. And that's like the biggest thing. I can deal with head speed sag a mm-hmm. little bit. That's actually not the end of the world. But for for Nick, how a governor handles the tail on the heli and how it reapplies the power uh, directly affects, you know, what the tail ends up doing. You can get a castle to where it, it's like it's a toss-up. If you get the gain up to the point where it holds head speed halfway different, you're going to get a tail kick out of it. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I agree. Well, okay, and let's let's be clear. You're going to get a tail kick out of it, Nick, when you do hard loading or unloading. Well, it's like a... Now it's more of a... You can sit there and like, okay, so to check pre-comp, you know, you set your main gain... You do a big punch out, and you make sure that the thing holds heading. Okay, and you go out, and you do your funnel, your hurricane, whatever, your big aileron mm-hmm. loop to set your main gain. You get your main gain set. Then you're going to kind of do some quick pitch pumps to get your pre-comp set on the tail, right? Just to get that little tail mm-hmm. kick out. Mm-hmm. You can dial it in all perfect. Oh, hey, everything's good to go. Start tuning the governor gain. Okay, hey, yeah, I'm chucking it around. It's actually holding not too bad. I can deal with this. And then you do this weird, you do like a maneuver, like a wall is a great example. So you come into it, you unload the head. Now you don't immediately reload it. You give it about three quarters of a second, okay, to go way up. And then you jump back into the pitch and load it. Jeez, the castle just flips out. I mean, it it applies full power. 
and then the tail jerks 10 to 15 degrees, and it's like, whoa, whoa, how can I tune that out? Well, the only way that you can get it sort of tuned out is to get the gain way, way down. Well, now you're flying around something that doesn't hold head speed where the crap. And I yeah. just, I mean, if it, I don't know. And it's different. It's so crappy that it's traditionally a lot different even for a belted to torque tube heli. And Justin, I know you ran into this. I've never gotten a helicopter on Castle above 12 or 15 tops on, on a gain. gain. Yep. yep. But then again, I'm talking about all torque tube helis. And it just annihilates the tail. Yeah, and with the with the belt, you get a little bit of shock absorption in the belt itself so that when you do put those huge loads on it, you may not get quite as much of a jump in the tail as you would on torque tube. Well, that, and you keep know, in mind, yeah. we're also talking about two very different flying styles, too. Much bigger, smoother air. I mean, dude, it it's not that bad at all. But when you yes. want to start doing... You know, not even, it's kind of weird. If you keep it loaded all the time, it's, again, not quite as bad. It's when that's you do the, the key, dude. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's how, when you watch a lot of these videos, you know, with Jamie and with Alan and, you know, whoever else flying, flying them, even Nick Maxwell, when he's flying it in Castle Gov mode, mm-hmm. there, it's just this constant. They never unload it more than that three quarters of a second and then yep. they baby it back out of it i mean it's i can make collective it, management yep, yep. for I us can... mere mortals <laughs> it's a lot more no it's true it's a lot more difficult to do that and i mean it is difficult on the castle to me the biggest problem is i i don't really care what it does going from loaded to unloaded I'm not I'm not all that worried about overspeed in general on my governors. That's just my my taste. What I don't like is that the unloaded to loaded transitions, it's so slow to respond. It's like the P gain, if it has it in there hidden somewhere, is super low because I, I get a drop in RPM that if you look in the data log, it could be as much as 150 or more if you're yeah. trying to pop it. And what ends up happening is the freaking heli sinks well below where you want it to stop. And you end up having to, like, adjust your collective timing and how much throw you put into it. It's just not that that was the problem. If I could sum up for me, my conclusion with the castle is that I have to fly differently mm-hmm. yep. when flying when on the castle internal gov. I have if to fly. You're different. gonna smack it. And you gotta yep. remember, Nick's flight style is different than mine. And you know, if if you're the type of person that flies smooth or has ultra awesome collective management, doesn't make a lot of large load changes. That's really the key. So sport flying, big air, even smooth 3D, and I'm gonna go on a limb and make a hunch that in speed it's good too, because it's just all load then you're going to get along with it just fine. But if you're the type of flyer that's throwing it back and forth and constantly loading and unloading and you're deep into the pitch and cyclic, I just don't think it's going to work for you unless you're Nick Maxwell. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Jesse. Wait, I know we've been I, down this road. Well, I, I think one thing that we, one conclusion we came to was 
The amount of headroom that you give the governor could also play a huge role into this. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. because let's say you get, you know, let's say you're running, let's say you give it twenty percent headroom. When it goes to pull that throttle back, when it overspeeds, and then when it feeds back in that, you know, full power, that's a lot of that's a lot more power than what it what it needed to, I guess, maintain the head speed at no load. Mm-hmm. Where I think we've had a lot better success with it when we did get it running as best as we could was when we were around the 10% headroom um, yeah. range. And then, you know, yep. it still backs off, but then when it feeds in that power, you know, it's only 10% more. It's not 20% more. So the the effects on the tail weren't quite as drastic, but yep. nonetheless, it's not like we... I don't think we could ever get it all the way out, but that did seem to make a big improvement. And But all, it's you know, kind of a crock because... You're then, just saying you're not governing the as go less effective. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. have to – it's a workaround. Yeah. And, and dude, we learned that from Nick Maxwell at last year's Snohomish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at his setup and he's running. You go into set RPM mode and he's got on his idle up the head speed that, that first gives you the minimal headroom mm-hmm. warning, mm-hmm. which, you know, for his yeah. particular case was like 1980. Yeah. And yeah. just for – uh, everyone's information. If you're in the set RPM mode, you can click. I believe it's at the more info button, yeah. like right, right yeah. next to the head speed, and it'll tell you the percentage that the speed controller is running at to maintain that throttle speed. So then you can easily tell your headroom from that. I yep. felt that to get the same power, and I don't like to use that because that's a very subjective term. Yeah, it is. But to get the same power. Out of the heli, I have to run about 50, 50 to 75 RPM more, actually. Than what the it same... calls you at, at minimum headroom. No, than to run with a different Than other speed controllers. Yeah, oh, because of oh, the drop. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, I have yeah. to actually run it higher when I, when I yeah. pop. And when I give that quick snap on the collective and load and pop, I have to run about 50 to 75 RPM more Um than, than I yeah. do even switching over to the external, you yep. know, like on the icon. I drop my RPM down, and I just don't have those issues. Yep. Good. Good discussion. Okay, so we'll we'll move on. Scorpion 160 gets a 2. In my honest opinion, the Scorpion, hands down, gives you the opportunity to experience the largest range of feel on governing of any of the ESCs in this group. And the reason is because not only do you have two parameters, P and I to tune, but you got a wide range on both of them. And in its newest firmware version, which is 7.04, let me double check my notes. Yes, 7.04. It just, it you can't find a horrible setting. And so if you keep the the rule that I just gave in mind that your P and I at worst can be equal and at best the P can be a point or two above the I, if you keep that rule in check, you're going to get a good governor, okay? And so you start out with five and five, which is the default, and you get a nice, nice, smooth, docile feel. It, it flows, okay? It's smooth, it's clean, it's great for sport, even great for some mild big air. I wouldn't call it good for real big air, uh, maybe mild 3D as well or slow D, 
And then as you move up from there, you can get this thing to be super hardcore. Probably, in my opinion and experience, it's it has the opportunity to be the most aggressive governor out there. Uh, when you run your P gain up to like 9 or 10 and your I up at 6, 7, 8, something in that range, this thing holds solid. And and now I've I've never actually put a data logger on it, but I bet based on my knowledge of how the others govern and the data logging that I've seen from my castle and other people's ESCs, it probably doesn't go beyond an over and undershoot of 10 or 20 RPM on either side uh, when you're up at that super aggressive range. Mm. This is a big improvement, though, over the original Scorpions. The original Scorpion governors from two, three, four years ago, it just weren't getting it done. So whatever they've done in these most recent upgrades have been just good improvements overall. Nick, have you flown the Scorpion? I don't, Jess, I I know you have, Nick. I don't know about Jesse. No, not yeah. recently. I have. I ha I haven't. You have not? No. You still with us? Dan, you have it. <laughs> I'm here. Okay. Dan. Okay. I'm, gla I'm glazing <laughs> over. Uh, you guys talking Dan, about Dan's checking the levels. <laughs> I <laughs> roll them back in the head. It's like, what's your nitro smell like? <laughs> no, I like, have. Awesome. And it's, <laughs> man, it's it's way better than previous versions. Way, way, way better. I still couldn't quite get it exactly where I wanted it. The The older version had a kind of a weird delayed half a second tail kick to it. This one is, again, significantly better. Not flawless for me. Especially up at those high aggressive settings, you still can get the tail to do a little bit of business. Yeah, which I, is I unfortunate, just, but for me it I mean I notice it. It doesn't bother me much though because again, I don't fly the same style that you do. So yeah. I I can get over it. It probably it's to the point where it probably wouldn't bother me if I haven't experienced better. That that's How's a very that? good point. Very yeah, good yep. point. Yep. If that's all you know, it's a pretty damn good governor. Oh no, it's it's very good. I do, I do like it. Tied for first, YGE and Contronic. And I'm going to talk about both of them here at the same time because, well, you'll see. Honestly, the only difference that I've been able to discern between the two is the tuning, okay? We talked about the YGE being a little bit more difficult to tune. The Contronic requires almost no tuning. It flies amazing out of the box. Both of the governors, once they're tuned, fly very, very similarly. In my opinion, and so we'll 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 just talk the heli jive for now because you're just assume that the YGE behaves sufficiently similar. The Contronic really is the quintessential electric governor. Uh, it's it's the first governor. It's the only governor I've ever flown to this day that actually has a smooth, almost nitro-like power delivery to it. And I think what gives that is it, it doesn't have almost no, it has no undershoot, okay? You can give it a high load. It may undershoot by 10-ish, maybe 20 RPM at the most. It's quick to get on the throttle to get you back up to your set point. But 
it allows the high end to overspeed a bit. And what that does is it gives a very clean, very predictable, but powerful delivery. Okay. It feels like a nitro to me. It's smackable to the extent that I'm able to smack it. Uh, and yet it holds beautifully when you're really putting the throttle to it in large, big air maneuvers, fast stuff. It has no negative tendencies that I'm able to tell, again, with the flying style that I use. And really the only thing that, like I mentioned before, you might have to watch out for is running the KSA mode with these bigger motors. All of the bigger motors that I've run on Contronic, I've just by default run the KSA. I've, I've not bothered without it because I've heard from people that you can actually get the ESC temperature to increase to the point where it either thermal shutdowns or blows up. Yes, Contronics do fail, believe it or not. Uh, I think Nick has blown one or two or five up before. Whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> He's blown every type of speed controller. And, and more importantly, if you don't run KSA on the bigger motors, uh, there have been reports of erratic governor behavior where it starts jumping and chattering and causing weird issues with the tail. I've never experienced that myself, but again, uh, you know, just be careful with that. Uh, the So, Nick, Contronic Governor. Jesse, Contronic Governor. What do you guys think? Dan, throw it in there if you got it. Multi-Gov Pro. Multi-Gov All right. Pro. <laughs> Nitro, well, yes. hey, yeah, for you, those of you who know Nitro and know the Multigov as being the quintessential Nitro governor, this is its this is its electric brother, dude. Yeah. Counterpart. Now nah, the Contronics, it's it's what it's pretty much what I'll I'll shoot for. And it, you know, there's uh as we have learned, well, as I have learned over the years, uh what I thought was very important on paper, uh it's not particularly what uh, Nick likes to see out of a governor. I'm actually completely over okay, okay with overspeeding because mm -hmm. overspeeding does not affect the way it flies. If I come into a wall, everyone knows that flies a Contronic, they overspeed when you let off. <laughs> a lot. Uh, that, a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. that's okay by Nick's standards because overspeeding doesn't change the way it flies because you've unloaded it. Um for me, it's how it applies the power when you do load it, when you reload it. Contronic has a gift of smoothness to it that is, uh, I mean, in my mind, it's what everyone looks up to and what everyone else shoots toward. When you reload that power, regardless of the time frame in which it is unloaded and you dig back into it, it's it's like it just kind of smoothly ramps the power back in in a nitro-style fashion to where it's so gentle on the tail. And, I, you know, I, I feel that it took me quite a while in flying to really understand that how a governor treats the tail on the helicopter makes so much of a difference in the way the heli flies in general. Stuff that I had blamed on fly barless. I've got this weird little shake in the head that I can't figure out. It's not. It's that it was a little shake in the tail, but during that maneuver, I was giving cyclic and collective at the same time a little bit, and I thought that it was a head bobble. 
But it wasn't. It was actually all resolved by putting a governor on there that worked very well. A, a governor for me is the single most, like if someone could say, if someone came to me and said, okay, for the forever, you only get to fly, uh, let's see. Uh, well, okay, how about this? Here's a bold statement. I'm not 100% sure it's true, but it, we'll use it for example. Someone said, okay, you get to fly a 3GX and a Contronic or a V-Bar and a Castle. I would probably choose the 3GX and the Contronic. Yeah. Honestly. Because I'm with you on that. That's It's just how it handles the tail makes everything else fall into place in the way that it flies. And that is what I like about Contronic. Yeah, and it's no different than the fact that if your tail is not set up correctly fly barless wise, it robs the confidence from you. Yep. I mean, yep. you need the tail to be predictable. You need the tail to do what you tell it, and that's it. And when the governor's yep. in there pushing it around and doing funky shit, it's just bad news. Okay, let's finish this guy out. Auto bailout performance. This one will be quick. Uh, Scorpion and Castle tie for number one. The reason for that is they're both really easy to set up. It's basically setting your throttle hold uh, position in such a way that the motor barely spools up and then drop it down a little bit, okay? Uh, in the castle, there's a setting you have to click to do that. In the Scorpion, it's just a fixed throttle hold percentage, and there are no timers on it, which is which is really nice, meaning you flip throttle hold, you can be motor off for as long as you want, and when you pop back into it, it's going to go. OK, what it also means is if you're doing multiple autos like I like to do, go up, you auto, you land, you want to take off again and go and do another one. You want to drop back down into normal mode, low stick and spool up slowly. OK, because if you let go of the throttle hold on the ground in idle up, it's going to move and it's going to move quick. And that's an easy way to knock your heli over and do some damage. The uh, the castle is kind of nice because it's not all that aggressive, even once you adjust the spool up rate. So it's not going to do anything crazy where it kicks the tail out super far. It's not going to do anything scary. Scorpion, on the other hand, for those of you who have used the Scorpion bailout, it's really, really aggressive. If you wait to the point where you can see individual blades, and I've done this multiple times, and you flip out of throttle hold, you can get the tail to kick 90, sometimes even 180 degrees around. And before you know it, you're in a completely different orientation. So you just, you got to keep that in mind. It still works great. And even when you, when you see individual blades, you got more than enough time to get the thing back up without worrying about a crash if you keep it in control because it moves fast. The YGE gets bottom of the pack because it doesn't have a bailout. Next, Contronic comes in number two. The Contronic, I, I'm not too hot on the Contronic's bailout, and it's unfortunate because it has everything else going for it as we've talked about. It does work as advertised. It's not a situation where they're, you know, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. But without the prog disc or programming disc or cards, you can't 
tune any of the parameters. And that makes it tricky because the way it does things, okay, is that the spool up time is dependent on the, the, the auto rotation spool up time is dependent on the actual slow spool up speed. So the default is like 12 seconds for slow spool up. And it then chooses its auto rotation spool up at one sixth of that value or one one fifth, something like that, uh, which means that your spool up time is like two, three, four ish seconds, something in that range. I don't I don't know what the exact number is, but I'll tell you, it's too damn slow for me. Uh, again, it might be a situation where I'm spoiled on Castle and Scorpion, but that's something that I would want to get the prog disc for so that I can tune that up. Okay. The other problem with it is it's got a timer. So if your throttle hold, if you're in throttle hold for longer than 12 seconds, then your soft start is re-enabled. Okay. You got 12 seconds to do the auto. So no big, long, crazy, high altitude autos where you're floating it down. You can do that, but you better not bail out. You better nail it. So yeah, not my cup of tea as far as the Heli Jive bailout goes, but it's better than a year or two ago when Heli Jive didn't exist and Contronic had no bailout at all. And again, if you're invested in Contronic, you can fix all that by just programming it. Yeah, and it it does work. I mean, don't get the impression that oh, it yeah, because that's all I use. I mean, I have the Contronic on my 7HV, and I use the mm-hmm. bailout quite frequently. Um, yeah. Once you're accustomed to the speed at which it bails out, for me, it's it's really a, a non-issue anymore. I mean, you now adjust that I, to it now right? that I ex- yeah, I know what to expect, and that's basically what I've come to know. So I can, you know, I know I can basically bail out of any auto now. Like but like you're saying, as long as it's not other a crazy ESCs, high one. right? And you know, yeah. it's it's not nearly as fast as those. It, it is definitely slower, but I mean, I I take the basically when I'm bailing out of an auto, though, I take the same approach with most ESCs, and that's. Hold mid stick and let the head speed come back. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I usually don't get my. I mean, if it's if it's going in, I'm probably not going to you know bail out anyways. I usually bail out at a point where I have a couple seconds to hold mid stick, don't touch the cyclic, let the head speed come back, and then you know make a maneuver to get the heli back yep. into a comfortable orientation. So true. As long as you're not <laughs> going, you know, as as long as you're not waiting way way long, it's. In my opinion, it's not much of an issue. Right. Okay, well, that takes us to the end. And so here are the overall scores, as I see it at least. Considering all those categories, I think Contronic's number one, Scorpion's number two, and the Castle and the YGE are number three, tied. Okay? Again, it's very subjective. If you guys have different opinions, feel free to to send me an email. I'd love to have a conversation with people that have seen different stuff. You know, one thing that I've heard from a lot of the listeners, even though they know I've been doing it for internal governor purposes, is what would you rate it if it was external governor considerations? Okay, so now you're just using the ESC as an ESC and you're passing through to uh, the flybarless governor that you're using. And in that particular case, I think they probably all come out even in terms of capabilities. There are only two real differences. One is the price, and we'll talk price really quick. (laughs) Castle, 
275 is the typical retail for a 160 HV. The Scorpion retails around 350 or so. And you might find prices that are plus or minus a few percent on this, but it's pretty typical right in these ranges. The YGE is about 425 and the Contronic is about 570 So we've got about a 2x range of price from the Castle to the Contronic. So you got to really think long and hard about where you want to put your money. I mean, $570 for an ESC, that's a big deal. There's Especially one... when you look at, I could do a Castle for 275 spend about the same amount on a motor, and now I've got an entire power system. There's one consideration to throw into that price difference. Do it. And that is weight and the fact that it has a BEC internally. That's a good point. Okay. Thank you, Jesse. Contronic's got the BEC, so you are paying for that. And let's talk weight. Contronic comes in at a whopping 150 grams. Okay. YGE's at 156. Scorpion, 256. Damn. It's a beast. And then Castle, 210. So yeah, you're if you're if you're trying to keep it light, the Contronic is the way to go for sure. The one last consideration that you might want to make, and I'm not going to go into the deep technical details on the show. You guys can read my review, is that all of them have active freewheeling except for the castle. And what that basically means in a nutshell is it is a way of controlling how the power is applied and dealt with within the ESC such that you can actually run an ESC with active freewheeling down at very low throttle percentages. For example, the Scorpion, the YGE, they're able to run down at 30% and all the way up to like 90 or 95. So if you like to see a large range of head speeds, you can get anywhere from three to 500 RPM difference between those throttle percentages without changing a pinion or a motor. And for a lot of people, that's a big deal. The castle doesn't have active freewheeling, which means you can't go much below 50 or 60%. And the reason for that is when you don't have active freewheeling, the little FETs in there that are switching the power on and off to the different phases of your motor will heat up a hell of a lot quicker uh, at partial throttle. So I've got a question for you. Yeah. Is that a feature of the internal governor or of the speed controller? So let's say if you ran the castle in an external governor mode, is it still not active freewheeling? I believe that it is a feature of the actual ESC itself, the way that they program it to work, and also the hardware. Okay? Okay. So um, uh. they may choose different FETs in an active freewheeling system than they would in a non-active freewheeling system, and they have to control those FETs differently. The The basic difference is when you active freewheel, you actually pass the current through a low side FET, which has lower resistance. Uh, when you don't actively freewheel, that current gets passed through a diode, and that diode has a lot higher resistance, which means it dissipates a lot more heat. Yeah. Okay. So there you have it. The ESC shootout. Mm. Nice work, dude. Thanks. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to run all mine external. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After all, all of the that. Problems. Yeah. Yeah. The it's listeners are probably saying, dude, who runs internal governors anymore? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. guys. This guy. Well, a lot of people flying the 7200BX, dude. I mean, a lot of people. True. So, Good point. Nothing wrong with that. Dan, you still, still alive, dude? You still I'm here. With us. I, I actually did not fall asleep once that whole time, I promise. Nice. Wow. I did, however, get up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We With complete judge. confidence that Justin had not stopped talking. <laughs> I, I knew it was my, it was my opportunity because I knew Justin had just started, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I got plenty of time. I'm going to go grab some dinner, grab a beer. <laughs> Be back in a while. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad, was it? <laughs> no. It's a 30-ish <laughs> minutes, right? Hey, I've got some good news for you guys. Yeah? I actually had a chance to sit down with Carrie Shirley. You guys remember Carrie Shirley? Come on now. Oh, that what gasser, dude. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and play this right now real quick. This is uh, Carrie Shirley's... Shirley's. Carrie Shirley's latest gas-powered thoughts. So, Jesse, as you know, I've been doing a lot of testing lately on my electric, and what I'm starting to realize, man, is that my batteries are really weak. You got any recommendations for me as to what batteries I should check out next? Well, Justin, lately, I've been having really good luck with Gen Zace batteries. So if you're looking for some batteries to get you through your testing and keep you in the air, I would definitely go take a look at Genzase. So there you have it, guys. Genzase batteries. You can get them at hobbyparts.com. So here we are again, guys. It's time for another gas-powered thought segment with Carrie Shirley. Hey, Carrie, what's going on, man? Hey, Dan, what's happening? So it's been How, a- what's, how's life in the uh, frozen <laughs> north? Exactly that. Yeah, sorry. Frozen snow. It's been raining the last couple of days, which is kind of strange. But uh, was, I think uh, I think the weather's going to break for us. I'm hoping anyway. It was 80 here yesterday. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you do know that makes us hate you even more when you start telling us about I, that. I know that. That's why I told you. Yeah, that's why I told you. <laughs> so it's been a while since you've been on. A lot's been going on. Uh, OHB happened since you were on last. Yeah, it was a great success. We uh, we had a good time with it. That uh, man, that really looked like it was a fun event. Hopefully, we can make it down there one of these years. Yeah, we got to get you guys down here. It uh, it'd be a lot of fun. A lot of stuff goes on. There's a uh, there's a trailer that uh, we had produced that's that's out on the Facebook page. I saw that. Yeah, is that kind of cool? You like it? I do. Man. Yeah, it was it, it, the guy that made it, um, Pablo. Um, from Argentina actually uh, wanted to show a different look of events. You know, mostly you see people flying. He kind of wanted to do a behind the scenes of what goes on behind the scenes. So you got to see some of the stuff that happens before the event, as well as uh, some of that stuff was done at Bobby Watt's house. He had a party uh, Friday or Saturday night, and some of that stuff was done there. I didn't see you at that party. I didn't, I didn't see in the video anyway. Dude, I'm old. I go home and go to bed because I'm tired. <laughs> you go home and eat your two Oreos and a glass of milk, just like Penny does. <laughs> Tell you what, by the end of the, you know, by the by the time the event starts, 
we've been working on it two or three days straight. Yeah. So I'm I'm usually pretty tired by then. Time to go home and get some get some good good rest, huh? Yeah, because you know Saturday's the next day or Sunday's the next day, so. Uh huh. You you got that to look forward to when you get a little older. (laughs) I can relate to that actually. Uh, they those those young whippersnappers they make me stay up. They've all these guys me. that stay up, stay up all night. I just don't know how you do it anymore. I, <laughs> I can't do can't do that. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your gas powered thoughts, um, man. What's been uh, what's been going on since we last talked? Any any new neat projects? I've been working kind of steadily on on what was a secret squirrel project. Um, it's not really secret anymore because I published it, and uh, I'll talk about that a little later. Um, I've got a couple of bills coming up. That, uh, that should be kind of interesting. But one of the things I want to talk about uh, this, this time is uh, um, an engine made by OS Max called the GT15. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think we've really talked about it uh, on the show before. I've written some things about it, but and I don't think we've talked about it on here very much. Is this, is this the same one that we saw Bobby Watts fly a while back? Yeah, it's the same one I ha- had in the uh, Fury 55 conversion. Aha. Uh-huh. It has the footprint of an of an OS Max ninety one engine, but it's it's obviously gasoline powered and and has a different carburetor on it and an ignition system. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't use very much fuel at all. Makes the power of roughly a uh, 50-ish sort. You know, it's 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 a big motor for the amount of power it makes. But on the other hand, it uses pretty much no fuel. This thing's burning half an ounce a minute of gasoline, so you can imagine this thing will fly all day on a on a standard <laughs> seven hundred size fuel tank, and you've spent you know thirty cents, forty cents, something like that. So does this typically drop into a seven hundred frame? All it depends on which model you're putting it in. Typically, you have to modify the cooling shroud because it's got this really big carburetor on it. But more or less, it will go into most 700 size models. Some better than others. Something like a like a Whiplash Nitro, mm-hmm. it it goes right into that. There's almost no modifications required. Others, um, I run it in a um, uh, Raptor G4, and it it did take some some engine mount modifications to get it to fit because the prop washer actually is is four millimeters thicker because it's got a timing ring with a magnet because it's got an ignition system so Mm -hmm. it's got to got to fire that but for the most part it'll go in most 700s it it really won't go in any 600 uh out of the box so a little bit of modification required if you wanted to put it in a 600 yeah quite a bit quite a bit uh yeah quite a bit now you may have seen uh, OS recently did an advertisement for what they're calling the GT15 600. Yeah. And they've made some changes. They're using a smaller carburetor on it. And they're actually, it looks like they're going to sell a conversion for a T-Rex 600 where you can bolt this, just bolt it right into a T-Rex 600. But you got to change, you know, the frames and uh, engine mounts and oh. things like that. So it's, it's, a- it's it's a fairly invasive conversion, yeah. but on the other hand, you know, 30 cents per flight versus <laughs> a couple of bucks with glow fuel. <laughs> Nitro rules, Carrie. I don't know when I'm going to get you to understand that. 
<laughs> yeah, but this this has no spule. I mean, it's not all oily and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I get it. <laughs> you know, we've heard uh, bits and pieces about people having some problems with this motor. Can you give us an idea of what, what those problems are and, and what, what you think is causing those problems? You know, I've been running this motor back since the prototypes, and what we've we found throughout the, the life of it is it's like any gasoline motor. If you get it too hot, bad things happen. And a lot of people don't understand, you know, you got to keep it cool. And you may have to, you certainly have to have a good cooling system. You have to make sure the one you have is working at its maximum efficiency. And you need to make sure that the tuning is correct on it. Because if you get it lean, it'll get really hot. And in the original version of the motor, when it got hot, the piston would swell up uh, larger than it should be, and um, bad things would happen. In some cases, entire motors got destroyed. Over time, OS Max created the R2 version of the engine, which basically has a piston with much more clearance in it. And it seems a lot more tolerant. I've run both of them, and to be honest with you, I've not blown up either of them but i've been running gasoline motors for a long time and i can usually tell if the tuning's out and i use telemetry to keep an eye on the temperature and i i haven't had a problem with it but looking at the forums a lot of people have and that's why os max took a look at uh their design and made some changes to it so the r2 version basically Mm -hmm. is that the only difference between Mm -hmm. the two or are there other subtleties on the standard uh gt15 that's the only that's the only part with a different part number and i've looked through the thing that's the only part i see different sounds like you've been running these motors for quite some time yeah i've had one uh one in one form or another going for about a year and a half now like i said i started with some of the prototypes almost two years ago now and the one i have now is running in a in a raptor g4 like i said earlier you saw the video in the in the 55 because of the power output, it, it really works better in a 600 size model. If you're a if you're a pure sport flyer, you'll probably enjoy it having in a 700. Most people are going to want it in a 600. And as I said, um, it requires pretty extensive modifications to put it in there, which is probably why OS Max is going to sell a conversion outright. Now, a couple of other people are working on a conversion. There's a company in uh, Australia called Helix that uh, is, is making a conversion for the T-Rex 600 for it. Um, and I, I think Helibug has, has fooled around with a 500 size. I guess we'll have to see where it goes. You know, things are always changing. So OS is actually going to produce a, a carbon fiber kit frame, or is it going to be G10? And is that going to come from OS, or...? Or, or mainly are they going to rely on these outside manufacturers? That's a great question. On their site, the OS Max site, official site, they show this conversion. Hmm. They don't really say if they make it or if somebody else makes it. Ah. So okay. I don't know the answer to that. And it's, it's been advertised in connection with this GT15-600 motor. So I would assume, um, you know, they're going to target that that particular version of the engine, which, to my knowledge, is not released or available yet with uh, with that frame set. A lot of times guys are wondering when it comes to these 
gassers, you know, because sometimes we see the mufflers for these things can get really expensive. Is it just a, a standard glow type muffler or do you got to get a, a special muffler for it? OS offers their own power boost pipe. You can also get a Hattori that's custom designed for the GT15. You're going to need to use one of them because the the back pressure is important. It'll alter the amount of heat. And as I said earlier, it's all about heat in these things. So you want to use either the power boost muffler that is available with it or the Hattori. The Hattori pipe will actually let you spin it faster. Uh, the power band's a bit higher on it, um, which depending on your gear ratio is, is a good thing. But I, I normally run the Hattori. It's quieter. And um, as I say, you can get the power at a higher RPM, which the gear ratios I use, that's, uh, that's where I need it to be. As we know, you're, you're constantly working on, on new stuff, new models. Do you got any, anything you want to let us in on? Are you working on anything new, any new models? I think probably the next thing I'm going to build is a, an Airstar Mongoose. Definitely not a 3D helicopter. It's sort of an um, old-school, uh, almost it's almost like a Vario. Airstar is a company out in California. They make a lot of um, uh, commercial UAV sorts of things. But they make a, something called a Mongoose, which is more of a sport model. I'm probably going to build one of those. And the... You know, I've been, like I said, I've been working on a sort of a secret squirrel project for a while. I, I got a wild hare and decided I wanted to build a turbine model. Oh. And there's, there's only a couple of those available for various models, but, you know, I'm an old school miniature aircraft guy, so I wanted to have one for my whiplash. Uh, there is one available from Germany, but the turbine faces forward on it, and if you plow it into the ground, you know, the first thing that hits the ground is the canopy, and the second thing that hits the ground is the turbine. <laughs> and it's a rather expensive piece of equipment to yeah. be plowing into the ground. So I spent some time laying out a set of uh, frames that would allow that to be installed in a whiplash and installed with the turbine towards the rear. So yeah, I guess if you crash going backwards really fast, you still may hurt it. But uh, going forward, it's it's pretty pretty well protected. And um, there's a guy that lives in this area. His name's Bob Bice. And Bob bought the CNC router that miniature aircraft used to use to cut all their carbon. So it's a very high quality, you know, production quality CNC mill. And he milled out all these frames for me. So they are, you know, they look perfect. They fit perfect. And the thing really works well. I've got uh, three or four flights on it now, and I'm pretty happy with it. Huh. Does it burn gas? (laughs) (laughs) No, it burns kerosene. Oh, jeez. Yeah, which is, you know, it's part of the whole oil refining process. So I I think it still qualifies as gas, but when you fly the thing, it's like like lighting your charcoal grill, really. You know, I've never had the pleasure of, seen videos of them i'd love to man i'd love to see one of those they sound really really amazing yeah it's you know it 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 sounds like a commercial full-size helicopter i i don't have any video posted of it yet but if you go out to my gas powered thoughts forum i've got um you know i've got a full review of the thing 
and I'll get some uh, video put together here when the weather gets nicer and I get a few more flights on it and I'm happy that it's working the way it should. And of course, if you come down here for OHB, if it's still, <laughs> if, if it's still alive, oh. you, can, you can see it. You let me fly it? If you want to fly oh, it. Oh, you're a brave man. <laughs> hey, Bobby, Watt, Bobby Watts flew it the other day. Yeah, well, there's a little... <laughs> Are you are you telling me you're not as good as Bobby Watts? Is that what you're telling me, Dan? I you know it's you may not know this, but there little known fact. I pretty much taught Bobby Watts all he knows. Uh, okay. So, I, but you know he's 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 surpassed me. You know the the student has surpassed the master, so to speak. He's uh, he's he's something. I <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. He's got some pretty interesting projects going on too, but uh, that's uh, that's another show. Yeah. He's a he's a busy man, that's for sure. You know, you guys were really hard on on the Century Condor. Have you have you seen that, that helicopter? Of course. Well, not in person, but of course, I've seen the pictures of it. And okay, it's I'm, ugly. It's ugly. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring it out to the model field, and everybody's gonna ooh and ah <laughs> over it. But it's not designed for that. It's a commercial UAV helicopter. Now I know I know if you read the description, it says it does all these wonderful 3D things, but it's a commercial UAV, and compare that to a you know an octocopter copter or something that that's designed for commercial use. Well, it looks better than a lot of them do. <sighs> I just thought you guys were pretty hard. We were. We were pretty hard on the Condor. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. <laughs> we uh, we were making fun of, of the uh, multicolored uh, struts and that weird uh, cancer hump looking thing it's got on the boom. You know what that's for? What's that for? That's for the GPS antenna. Oh, function. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not designed for uh, you know the little simple systems. It's designed for those heavy duty ten thousand dollar DJI systems. Very nice. Okay, well, I guess we might have to cut it a little bit of slack. Of course, it's still ugly. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. There's no, as <laughs> as I said, it's a commercial. You know, it's a commercial product, and and I think compared to a lot of a lot of the <laughs> other commercial sort of machines, it's not that horrible. I love I love the way Justin put it. He wanted to see the loser, the losing design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> so you may have heard, uh, you know, we it's uh, you know it's been a it's been a month. You know, the first of the year, we generally do some predictions, and uh, we kind of all put our thoughts into what what we thought we were going to see in 2014, and none of us really had any gasser predictions. I suppose you might. You want to fill us in on what you think uh, think the gasser world is going to see in the next year? Well, uh, I know there's going to be uh, at least one or two conversions introduced because I, I know they're being worked on. I don't know that we're going to see any unannounced, what I'll call ready-for-gas models. TSA is supposed to drop theirs this year, but that you know I've been talking about that for a while. And they've they've advertised it some, so it's not really a surprise. But I think Nigel will have it out sometime this year, hopefully before the summertime. Mm-hmm. I don't expect any new engine formats. If there are, haven't you know, haven't seen anything about that. the uh, The two main modifiers, uh, BH Hansen and TRM, are both introducing 
one millimeter stroke engines, which will be a larger displacement, 29.5. Uh, they both make good power, uh, and they're both very smooth. We're going to see those come out. In fact, those are actually available now. don't think you're going to see any big change in, in format, though, as far as gasoline motors go. Yeah. Before I let you go, recent events, we, we all know about miniature aircraft kind of closing its doors, well, closing its doors as of the end of February. And I know in your history in the hobby, you've, you've had a lot of miniature aircraft experience you've worked a lot with them what do you what's your what are your thoughts about miniature aircraft shutting down it definitely sad uh sadness it's you know as you said i've i had uh an xl from the first run of a thousand back in i think it was 1987 so i've i've been fooling around with their models for forever pretty much and all of a sudden you know it looks like they may be gone it's certainly possible that someone may buy their designs and, and inventory and continue. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I don't know that it was completely unexpected yeah. um, simply because of the, the economics of it all. If you, if you go to a big event like the Jamboree, I mean, look at all the different kinds of models out there. There's, you know, every, every time you, you click on an, uh, one of the Internet stores, here's a new model from somebody. Yeah. And every one of those things takes a certain portion of the market. Some of them really dominate, and some of them don't. But every one of them takes a certain portion of of, of customer sales. And so everybody sells less. And at some point, people some people aren't making money, or they're not making enough to justify being in business. Yeah. And that's just kind of the nature of the business. I'm fairly confident they there's enough parts that people that have them can keep them flying for a while. I mean, there's, depending on which model you have, I mean, they've been selling these things for, for, you know, 20 something years. So there's tons of them out there. The newer models, uh, I, I know there's a lot of parts in the warehouse that they're, they're selling rather briskly now, but those parts will be around for a while. Yeah. Uh, and again, if somebody picks it up and decides to, you know, keep making parts, then, then it'll go on. I don't know. Yep. I guess time will tell. Well, Carrie, we sure do appreciate you stopping by and kind of sharing some of your gas-powered thoughts with us, man. And we, thanks for coming by. All right, Dan. Thanks a lot, man. Have a great day. Uh, that was Carrie Shirley's gas-powered thought. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we talked about in that interview, in particular the EMA thing. <laughs> He took a little bit of issue, as you guys uh, just heard, uh, with the fact that we, how should I say this, we pretty much filleted the condor. <laughs> the condor. He feels like maybe we were a little, we were a little unfair in our, our uh, harsh, huh? assessment of the condor. Uh, but anyway, no, Carrie, I'm sticking by it. I am. I told him I did. I'm like, dude, this, this, this is one ugly helicopter. Yeah. Um, Gary, thank you for, you know, coming and spending time. Of course we, you know, you, you put a lot of time into what you do. And of course, uh, it's always nice to have you come on and, and give us your gas powered thoughts. The ultimate gas man, the ultimate gas man. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, that did. We did talk a little bit about the EMA thing, and I guess um, you know it's something that we should probably talk about because it's a it, it's a it was big news. 
Oh, yeah. In the recent uh, yeah. recent week. You know, you we're hearing a lot of talk how sad it is that such an iconic manufacturer of helicopters has been so active, so important in the development of RC helicopters in the last, God, what, 20 years? You know, miniature. 25 or 26, dude. They've been around for a long time. And they were the they were the 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 helicopter. MA helicopters, man. They were man, you know, they played a big part in the development of of the machines we fly today. So, uh, of course, those of you who aren't aware and if you aren't aware, you know, get out of the box you live in because uh how could you not be aware? MA's closing its doors uh, come the end of February, and uh, that's big news. Personally, I, you know, I've I I'm not never really owned any MA machines. I, I've got a lot of friends that do. They've made a recent attempt with uh, the Whiplash line, as we're all aware, to kind of step into a more modern machine. You know, the MAs of the past were pretty notorious for high parts counts and fairly complicated build. Uh, that type of stuff. I, I don't know, man. It's a tough market, and, and it's a fact of life. Uh, you know, companies, there's so many people uh, in that area of the market when it comes to RC helicopters that are reaching for their, striving to get their cut of the pie, which is a fairly small pie. You know, something's got to give. And it's uh, it's always sad to see such an iconic, like I mentioned manufacturer close its doors what do you guys what do you guys think about that whole thing man it was kind of a sudden sudden and some might say unexpected some might not (laughs) occurrence man this one's uh (laughs) this one's one of those touchy ones yeah it's yeah well it's oh man there's there's so yeah we're where to start, where to not go, where to go. It, You know, to survive and do, let me tell you, I've owned five different Minchericraft helicopters. My first Nitro was a Fury Expert. Not even an extreme. I an remember expert. that thing. And, you know, so there's there's some deep-seated love there. And, and MA, you know, they put 3D really on the map. And I just... You know, I loved loved everything about that company that they stood for, keeping everything in the U.S. And and I know that's what the forums have been just riddled with. You know, oh, and overseas, and oh, man, if I had a dollar for every time I saw the word China, Obama, and <laughs> taxes or something well, like Obama that. Was, yeah, Obama dude, wasn't an MA deep. fan. It got pretty uh, deep. Health care, uh, all that. <laughs> I mean, yes, no, seriously. <laughs> I did not see but any of that. Really, those That's conversations just were just thick with tangents. But there's, man. you know, there's something, there's something that I, and I'm not going to say those things don't don't play into it. You know, that's that's pretty, that's pretty obvious. It is, yeah, I mean, flat it, out more a lot more difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's more expensive. It's more expensive to make stuff in the U.S. That's no, no question. Just a fact. It's a given. Yeah, that is a given. But there's there's more to it, you know. This hobby is uh, man. There there's just a the pie is only so big, and and everyone wants that piece of the pie in there. And to be 
to get your piece of that pie, you have to love it. You have to live this hobby, breathe it. Everything that you think about has to be helicopters. And that's just like, <laughs> that's that's even as like an accessory manufacturer or an electronic manufacturer. If you're going to be an airframe ha- manufacturer, Ooh. you have to know everything about everyone and every type of pilot and everything if you are going to succeed. And the the second that your model hits the production shelf, you have to be working on the next one. Yep. I mean, you have to, period. End of story. There's just, uh, you know, the, a, a, companies like Align. And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm going to actually disagree with what some a lot of people said. You know, oh, well, it's companies like Align that, that caused this. The Chinese, you know, being uh, setting the prices so low, making over there. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm not saying that that part of that isn't true. But in my opinion, it's also companies like Align who grew this hobby to be so massive and put so many helicopters in so many people's hands. And and Align, Align succeeded because they pushed. They never quit pushing. They didn't take five-year breaks. They didn't, you know, they didn't have a different person design like every helicopter they came out with. Now, they were the masters at, you know, somehow charging you for their screw-ups. But, you know, that's (laughs) a Version 7 upgrade. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) version 7 upgrade. You got to have this because it's upgraded and it's a performance it's an optional accessory but if you don't fly it the hell you'll explode (laughs) but okay but those upgrades were out a month after the model hit. yeah they do push it hard and that's again that's what it takes you have to push and no matter how awesome uh, i view ma as uh, you know, I just I view it as two very different MAs. I view it as the MA of old and then the MA of recent. And I think, you know, there was a disconnect there that, that just there was no there was no one there, in my opinion, that, that just loved every single second of this and that just flew every second of their life just to fly because they loved it. And pushed, and and I think that's what it takes, and, and especially if you're going to come up against those hurdles of of keeping everything in the U.S. And man, I'll be damned if I'm not going to give them the credit. They did everything to keep it all within the U.S., even to the point of, you know, God, there was a ton of that helicopter that was made right there in Montana. Most of that helicopter yeah. was made right there in Montana. You know yeah. it. Did that shoot him in the foot in the end? I, I don't know. That's that's I, tough to say. I think there are a lot of contributing factors. I mean, uh, people are quick to point fingers at one specific thing, China or, you know, USA prices or, you know, whatever it is. I here Here's my thought on it. China always plays a role in how American-based industry is developed and how it's taken on by the hobby or really any industry. It doesn't make a difference whether it's helicopters or not, right? 
it's a constant issue or level, noise level in the background. It's not a situation, though, on M.A.'s case where we were dealing with cloning. I mean, can, who, who can tell me whether anyone has ever cloned an M.A. in recent times? Not yeah. that I'm aware of. I don't see any Hobby no. King-based M.A. looking parts. It just it doesn't happen. So if you want an M.A., you get it an M.A. The, uh, the thing that I think contributes a lot to this, and I'm going to say I'm going to bet a lot of the other smaller helicopter manufacturers have felt this same sort of a pain. We live in a hobby, in an industry, where we are very strongly driven by impulse and, mm-hmm. and the next best thing, okay? And we saw that in spades with the Goblin release two years ago. SAB hit the market so hard, it's ridiculous. And it changed it, in my opinion, in a way that we'll never go back to what we had before that. And it really put the fire under everyone's ass to come up with either something that was similarly innovative and cool and wow factor or to reduce their price, increase their affordability to the point where they can give it to the consumer at a relatively lower price and still give you the performance. You know, we saw we saw a similar thing happen with Outrage. Where's Outrage now? They're gone. They Back in the day when they came out, they had some really amazing stuff. You got Charlie Stevens on the design staff. Everyone thinks that it's the next the next big thing. It's theirs to lose. And now they're gone, completely gone. Uh, M.A., I think, falls into that same category. And it's unfortunate to see a company that, quite frankly, has almost single-handedly built what we consider the modern hobby. I mean, I can remember way back before I ever even thought of flying RC helicopters, back in the mid-90s. I went to a flying field with my friend to watch him and his dad fly a plank. And the first helicopter I ever saw in the flesh was an Excel 60. I mean, they they were huge back then. Uh, and they were huge right up into the 2000s with the Bobby Watts stuff, releasing the Fury, Furion, the Whiplashes. Uh, but, you know, you have you have Goblin come in. You're dealing with an airframe set that has some challenges. It's not the end of the world. They all have their challenges. Um, And then you couple that with an industry that requires such aggressive marketing tactics and either aggressively low prices or aggressive innovation. And there's not much room for error there. I mean, I I can speak from a, a personal and I think a very unique perspective alongside Nick. Uh, you, you guys know we worked with MA on designing and developing the 700EX through our, our side company, Novel Innovations. And when Nick and I made the decision to do that, we did because we believed in the MA name and what it stood for, the Made in the USA, and what it meant to the hobby. And I'll tell you, they did push as hard as they could push to to get things going and the ex came out and it was relatively successful but unfortunately it wasn't enough to keep them above water and they folded 
Now, a lot of people make this a big dramatic thing. Oh, we lost a company. Yeah, we did. But guys, let's take a step back. This happens every day. Go and look at some of the major industries out there. Okay. And you will see all sorts of stories where in their heyday, a given company was expected to be ruler of the world in the next decade. And that comes around and they're gone. Never to be remembered or spoken of again. It sucks, but it's part of standard business. It's going to be part of the hobby. Hopefully we don't lose so many sort of foundational companies that the hobby itself starts to lack in offering. But I just don't see that happening. It's alive you know, and well and, and, and healthier than ever. You know, another thing I, I think that's kind of that, that might be leveling out is, you know, uh, originally it was always, well, okay, yeah, you can, you can buy, MA is more, but then there's MA quality. And that's, that's what built that company. Yes, you are going to pay more, but you are getting perfection, right? I got to tell you, the quality of the other manufacturers has consistently gone up. It has. And gone up and yeah. gone up and gone up. But the prices really have not, you know? And so and now you can get for the same price or cheaper a helicopter that is made overseas, made wherever, that is, dude, it's the same quality. Now, I'm not saying they all are, but even, you know, that spread of it was always MA versus a line, MA versus a line. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, guys. It's not that far off anymore. Oh, yeah. The playing field has been leveled significantly. So, so then if you if you narrow up that quality thing, you know, if you narrow up the quality, then... Uh, then what is left? You know, okay. Then there's there's price. You know, features. well that that does make it tough. And features, okay. So you want me to spend more on an American-made helicopter? It is going to be really hard for me to 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 buy that if I'm not getting more. I'm okay with spending more, but I got to be getting more in some way. In, in some way. If the quality is now getting closer to even, then what am I getting more of? Well, you know, unfortunately, in this case, you are not getting more features. You are actually sacrificing features because of how quickly the rest of the hobby has progressed and gone forward. You know, there just there wasn't there wasn't anything groundbreaking. And, And that's. It's sad, and it sucks, but, you know, I don't know. Well, and I think it, you know, that's when you start getting into those really, really passionate arguments that no one will win, Nick, because you can, I hear exactly what you're saying, and then someone will come out and say, well, what about the intangibles? I might not get all of the features. I might pay more, but I'm supporting U.S., And for some people, that makes a big difference. And, hey, that's to each his own. 
If that's where you guys stand, then that's perfectly fine. Unfortunately, that significantly limits most people's options. I'd love to see it all made in the U.S., but the reality is it isn't and it can't or else it wouldn't be nearly as affordable. And so, you know, such is life. And you got to be you know, real was, about it, too, guys. It, I mean, the, the something of the fact is, and it's kind of evident in these budget build threads that we see, not everybody can afford even a even in a line helicopter. So yeah, yeah. when it comes right down to it, you can sit there and philosophically say, buy American. Well, yeah, I get that. But I still have to pay my rent. I have to pay my insurance. I have to pay my power bill. I love the hobby, but that really limits me. And as much as I would like to support American-made products, if I want to be in this hobby... Those other things can't give. I have to I have to pay my rent, my mortgage, whatever it is. I have yeah. to buy gas. I want to be in the hobby. I am pretty much forced into a corner where I have to go budget. That means a Hobby King special. Mm-hmm. It's just a fact of life. As much as we would I- love to say, oh, let's only buy American, it's just not reality. And when you do spend that extra... You can't have issues with it. I mean, it's just not, it's just not acceptable. You know, if you're going to go and you're going to stretch yourself and it's like, I guess, but God, you know what? Damn it. I'm going to support made in the USA. You just can't have issues. And if you do, they have to be remedied quickly and effectively and efficiently and then move on. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's a large percentage, well, I don't even know if it's a large percentage, but even from, from our perspective, the four of us, just, just from our experience, we, we're, you know, we're, we're fortunate, us four, because we all own multiple helicopters. Not, not a lot of people can do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of guys, you know, they, they get, and a lot of our listeners, I know for a fact, they're just thrilled to own that clone 450 and it's and if they could they would own an actual align or a miniature aircraft or a synergy but you know what they just can't so you know when you're looking at it from that perspective there are guys out there obviously who have a lot of expendable income and it doesn't mean that much to them but you know i honestly think that when it comes right down to it even us four we are kind of uh, we're in a we're we're blessed in that way. I really believe that because we, you know, how many helicopters between the four of us, how many helicopters do we have yeah. sitting? Think about yeah. that for a minute. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I, I've got six sitting in my trailer. I, you know, I mean, that's, that's just mm-hmm. one person. Um, well, I, I think back in the day, it used to be, you know, back in the day it was like, well, yeah, but I mean, dude, it's more, but man, it's an MA. You know, know. that yeah. was just, yeah. it's yeah. like, it's like a TDR. Oh dude, those things are so expensive. Yeah. But shit, dude, it's a TDR, you know, you're going to put three, 400 flights on and without an issue, anything mechanic, you know, you know what you're getting. I don't particularly, I think that changed at some point. And, uh, 
You know, and that's that that really changes that changes the ball game. I think. Yeah. I don't really consider myself much of a fence sitter when it comes to issues like this, but I want our listeners to, from my perspective at least, understand. You know, there are guys out there that are saying that we should be ashamed of ourselves for not supporting an American-made product. As far as I'm concerned, you know, if that's if you if you can only afford to buy a, a cheap HK and it gets you in the hobby and you're safe about it, do not let those comments get you down. And if you're fortunate enough to own an expensive machine, then that's great. Well, and let's face it, does it do more, you know, I, I guess it, maybe it's six one half dozen the other, but if you say I'm going to eliminate an option whereby someone can get into the hobby by going with the the cheap Chinese grade crap, are we doing more damage to the hobby by allowing them to buy that and not having them buy American made? Or by saying, sorry, that's not an option for you anymore. You just don't get to be in the hobby. Because oh, like all I'm of never, us, we... I'm never for that option, dude. You, yeah, ex- well, and that's the point I'm trying to make. We've all been there before. We've bought cheap. And guess what happens? We get hooked. And our definition of cheap Changes. increases a little bit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then we get I mean, when I first started, I, is. Yeah, I was looking at Chinese clones because I'm thinking... Holy crap, dude, five hundred dollars for a, a a toy? What? Yeah. Dude, five hundred bucks. I don't even think about that shit now. Yeah. You know? So it's it's all a matter of perspective. But I agree, Dan. I think it's better to have someone get into the hobby and then hope that their passion for it grows to the point where they are deep enough in to spend money on supporting companies that are US. But I I don't think you 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 can't you can't force that on people from the get go. I just I don't think you can come up with something, sit down, fold your arms, look at your Marvel, stand up three years later and expect to be right in the middle of the pack anymore. Yeah. No. It'll be long gone. And I want to speculate. This mm-hmm. is just this is my speculation. There's apps based in no absolute <laughs> data to back this speculation up i have i have a a suspicion and this is again speculation dan's speculation so send the hate mail to dan on this one i think that you know when it comes to a company like uh, as as sad as this might sound you know i i honestly think that from a top level that some things just weren't cared about and uh, you know, uh, I don't want to really say the word sacrificial company in a group of companies owned by one individual, but I kind of, I just, it feels to me like something has got to give. I mean, there's got to be tax write-offs and um, my speculation, again, my speculation, I feel that 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 MA was the unfortunate recipient of being deemed a sacrificial company in a group of companies that are otherwise completely successful. That's an interesting theory. I think it was just a job for everyone. I don't think it was a love. And and in this stupid hobby, it has to be a love. It has to be. I mean, you have to have guys sitting there. Yeah, yeah, one guy guy making it, 
the other guy, you know, designing it, one guy flying it, and you have to be just like pumped. Dude, get that next piece out. Get that next piece out. I'm freaking, oh, you know, oh, we just blew that one up. Oh, shit. Get the, okay, that didn't work. Get it back out. Not this, you know, ho hum. Okay, punch my time card. Yeah. Hey, George. Hi, and, George. See you tomorrow, George. <laughs> Let's go to lunch. The, the lunch bill was. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, all, and, and on top of that, too, you know, uh, when you, you know, that passion. I can't speak for these companies because I don't own one of these companies, but I think that passion kind of um, subsidizes the bottom line that a company typically would expect. In other words, that passion is kind of part of the payoff aside from the bottom line of what the company is financially doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, oh, and that, in this hobby, yeah, absolutely. In this hobby, now that's not a typical business model. I mean, you don't go, you don't go down to your bank. And, uh, you know, try to get a proposal for a new business and tell them that that's, that's your game plan. I mean, that's not going to get you You want to give me this money because I'm just going to be so freaking happy. Because I've got a passion for this shit. <laughs> Obviously, that's yep. not a business model. But if you don't, like Nick said, if you don't have that passion for, for this hobby, you're going to, you're probably going to fall on your ass. Unless you're part of a huge multinational g- conglomerate that's yeah. got... That's got, you know, the the production facilities, you know, <clears throat> aligned to do this that can churn out shit uh, cheaper than anybody else, basically because they are set up. They have the infrastructure to do to do. Yeah, this. but you know what? There's someone there. I mean, we knock a line. Oh, all yeah, the time. there is someone. There, there but- is there is a couple dudes there that are just I mean, they're they're exactly like we are every day, all day at night, texting each other back and forth. You know, they, they're just, they're living for it. But you can't do this without that. But on, on top of that, there's also the, the faceless, nameless Mr. A. Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's kind of the, I think part of the, the grind that people have, the, the, the disconnect from yeah. the company to the consumer that people experience and probably dislike, uh, well, do dislike. So no probably about it. That's why it's so cool. I, I I mean, it, it makes me happy and giddy inside when you see, you know, like Matt Bodos. Oh, yeah. Just just announcing that they're, what is it, the Flying Bee? The that Flying ain't? Bee mm-hmm. Ranch. So they they got a 100-acre facility, the Flying Bee Ranch. Him and Amy just bought that. They're going to turn that into, I mean, like a flying area, fun flies. Now, now there's... You know, Matt comes over here to this area well, once a year for the fun fly. And, I mean, we I owned an original, an N5, you know, his first one. And so we've seen him grow and, and succeed and then make mistakes and then, you know, correct them and this and that. There is the perfect example. Small company. Yeah. Living this hobby yes yep yes. eating breathing i'm sure crying at no, times dude <laughs> he had he had to have been all in to get that to go the way it did you yeah know? but I to mean, see it, him succeed it's just it's it's absolutely phenomenal i mean an, it, it i could not be any happier for them the contrast is is outstanding between the two and that's the that's the difference i mean you've got you know and i know ed had been talking about it and then seven well who did he talk to about that? 
he talked to Matt Bodos about that. He's he you know he's so available uh, to talk to just everyday consumers, and and there is a face to the name. So yeah. that that actually makes me think about okay. So you go buy an MA heli. Let's let's compare MA to Synergy. Well, which one? This is where these lines get very, very skewed in my mind on supporting, quote-unquote, USA. I tell you, dude, Matt, I, I, I mean, you buy a Synergy, you're supporting Matt himself and his wife, and, and they're the ones putting all of the blood, sweat, and the tears and the drive and pushing into it to grow it. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I mean, yes, the parts are, they are made, they are being made. You know, uh, overseas, but they're getting QC'd here. I don't know. That's really tough for me. I I definitely feel like if I'm going to go, you know, buy a, uh, buy a synergy, that I'm supporting a hell of a lot more of the USA than I am if I'm going and buying a line. And let's let's com- that's let's, just an yeah. let's compare another small company, KDE Direct. You know, absolutely design. Oh yeah. Manufactured All in the American. United States. But here's the difference. Yeah. There's a name. There's a face. You know that if you have an issue, you are going to deal with Patrick or Leslie. And you know they yep. are going to do whatever yep. they need to do to make it right. Mm-hmm. It's not just a company called KDE that you write an email to info at KDE Direct. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. you talk to the man that is handling the company. And... <sighs> It's the difference, you know? It's the constant push. He never quits. It's yeah. always this and yeah. that. And that's even a kind of a a more ironic situation because everything he put out got cloned. I mean, just boom. He, you know, we've talked to him and he's like, dude, I oh, got like yeah. a, I got a, about a five, four month window where I put it out four months tops. <laughs> yeah. I put it out within four months. Someone's got it cloned and and you know renamed. So, but he keeps pushing. So yeah, yeah here's some. I mean, how frustrating is that? Like, okay, I'm so excited. Here's this. Okay, now I have to start <laughs> on the next one. But I think it creates a really badass work ethic that it's just like, okay, well, I know it's coming, so I have to go move on to something else, and in turn, it gets you in that momentum where you know if I'm going to succeed. If I'm going to grow, I have to keep pushing. I have to keep pushing. And Patrick and Leslie have done a fantastic job of it. Well, and if you look at Matt, he did the same exact thing. I mean, we can all be honest here. The The original release of the, the E6 was great. The E7 as a belted heli. Didn't Not always so great. didn't Not always so good. work the way <laughs> we wanted it to work. Not so great. Not so great. Uh, but but what did Matt do? He kept pushing, and despite yeah. getting all that negative feedback, he came out with a torque tube. Now the thing's and it freaking took amazing. While. It did take but dude, a while. It, it took a while, and it because did. there wasn't that huge, there wasn't that huge margin of like I have eighty three other helicopters bringing in a bunch of money. I mean yeah, that like, was a hit. That is that was, the heli. That's it. Yeah, that is. I need this to make me money. Boom. It had so a big you can't problem. fund the upgrade until you start selling the heli. And when the heli's not selling well because it's got issues, that puts That's, you in a sticky situation. But, but you he just, got through it. Yep. Yeah, he listened to the customers and came out with an N5C, 
which was mm-hmm. just an awesome upgrade yeah. over the N5. Oh, dropped I mean, improvements across the board. That now he's got the E5. I mean, yeah. it's it's and the N7. So yeah, we've we've sort of watched Matt go from when he first took over Synergy and things were uncertain to man, he's he's thriving. Oh, and we didn't even mention rail blades. Holy uh, shit. You know? Again, a bis- okay, business decision wise, uh-oh. I need some help because yeah. I've made a mistake. I need to correct it. Um just like you said, I need to get the funds to correct it. Let's see what can I do. So, he puts it puts some time into the rail blades, nails it. I mean, And for those it. who don't know, blades are not a cheap thing. Not at all. To get oh, off the ground, guys. Not at all. It costs a lot of money for just a single baseline mold. Yep. Okay. That's yep. why. So, so for all those people, and I don't like this. I do not like this. Who say, oh, well, whatever. That's just a such and such blade. That's just a such and such blade. That's just a mold for the airfoil. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of different types of airfoils, but you can have two blades with the same that came out of the same mold fly extremely differently. All about and, the CG. The yeah. CG weighting, this and that. Um, so don't, you know, don't say one other person cloned another one because for a, you know, freaking 100 or $110 set of blades, the molds are just, they're astronomical in price. Well, and you also got to keep in mind that it's a mostly manual process. So mm-hmm. how many blades do you get per day? Well, figure out how many molds you've got or can afford. That's the number. They're not cranking out 50 or 60 or 100 blades yeah. a day, guys. Why do you think Edge had such a challenge when they hit the market three years ago and overnight people realized they were amazing and then you could never get them again? Because they had yeah. one mold per blade size. And when you've got one mold per blade size, it takes a lot of work to start building a freaking inventory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely sign of the times um, and the strong will survive. Uh, those those yeah. that those that uh, can keep up with the changing market, they'll, they'll make it. Those that can't won't. Sad as that may be for some of us. Yep, it's just the way it is. So moving right along, because uh, damn, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I I think I just want to say to our listeners that um, are jumping on this, the registered citizen thing, man, it's. Uh, what a tremendous amount uh, and show of support that that we've gotten for that. And we do appreciate that. I I have been getting a few emails. Um, if, for whatever reason, you didn't get an email um, with your citizen number, just give me a give me an email. I've got a, a handful that I've had to look up and, and then send them out. Don't, don't worry, though. You're still in there, and, and you will be getting uh, the card when the cards are, are ready. So definitely uh, just send me an email if you haven't got it. I do also want to say uh, Nick brought something to my attention last night or a couple of nights ago anyway. Um, it appears that I had overlooked a couple shirt orders, and, and I, I do apologize. And some of these shirt orders were quite some time ago. So I crawled through the, the PayPal stuff, 
and I went through and uh, a couple uh, international orders. Those are all squared away. Those I sent out tracking information, and the shirts went out this morning. I am horribly sorry for that very long delay. There were three or four of them, so those are those are on their way. So if you uh, you should have got an email with the tracking number. Um, those are those have been sent out, so we're good there. <laughs> Finally, um, cool. We're going to get into this a, a little more. We're running short on time today. But I did want to give a quick shout out to all of our current, as of this moment, show sponsors. Oh, absolutely. People, yeah. you know, that have, uh, we've got some new sponsors, which again, we're going to expound on these in future episodes yep. um, e- even more. But I'm, I'm so excited that I can't not just. <laughs> Say a little bit about it. Gotta say something. Yeah, yeah, I know. And we're gonna get these people on because I know a lot of these guys. uh, You guys are gonna be super pumped to to hear from. Personal, we love putting names and voices um, to these companies that you have a supported in the past, or hopefully might consider supporting um, because they have made the official plunge to say, you know what? Damn it. We believe in the nation and what these guys are doing here. So, uh, first up, BK Servos, Bert Cameron, thank you. We do appreciate your support. Obviously, uh, you know, Bert and Susie working with SAB got us the Goblin Speed for the review. And, you know, Bert loves the nation, loves what we got going on here. So, we're going to be uh, doing some advertising for BK Servos. So, be looking for a little more about that in the future. Uh, coming up here, first of March, really cool, uh, very unique uh, advertiser uh, that has slid into our retail spot, Rotary Wing RC out of Florida. Now, we're going to get uh, this very specific business owner on here and do an interview. So I don't want to let let out quite too much yet. Neat kid. And I'm just going to give you that little hint right there. And I do get to call him a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I do get, I'm allowed to. I'm old enough to call him a kid. Um, once again, the the incredible Patrick and Leslie from KDE Direct, uh, thank you very much for all your support in the past. Uh, we're going to be getting them on again, talking about what they got going on for 2014. Just touch bases with them. They're awesome people. They support the Northwest. They support the nation. Gen Zays, uh, you know, we've, what can we say? It's Gen Zays. They've supported us for quite a long time, and we really appreciate all that. Uh, and a new one, awesome. The guys over at Horizon, Blade Helicopters. I love it. Nice. I just, yeah. I absolutely yeah. love it. You know, Sweet. we're trying to, this gives us an opportunity to cover all spectrums of the hobby from the learning right up to the, you know, to the top of the food chain. Uh, and so for Blade to sit back and say, hey, we really like what the nation's got going on, uh, that, you know, that means a lot to us. So, uh, Stephen Petroto, all you guys over there at Blade working hard, pushing the hobby getting helis out to everyone in all these hobby shops. We think that's absolutely badass. You guys rock, and thank you for supporting the nation. Uh, we'll probably have a couple more small ones. And, and again, 
We'll get into these a little bit more as we go on down the line. But I just wanted to give those companies a quick shout out and say thank you for allowing all of us and the listeners to, you know, enjoy what we do and have fun and laugh with us every week. 2014 is going to be big, boys. It's going to be a big year for RCHN. We've got got a lot of cool things happening. Uh, I I, I can't. Can't say anything. Nope. I hate that. (laughs) But look for something big. narrowing down. Directly narrowing down. Some very big giveaways coming away soon. Just huge. I mean... um, in on your citizen number now. That's all. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the best advice that I can give. Very Trust soon. us. Very, Trust very us. soon. Very soon. It's uh, it's going to be big. Uh, also, too, I want to also see the, the, the response we got for the little quiz segment we did. I mean, we need to come up with a catchy name for that. It, it had a big response. A lot of people really, really were into that. And um, we are going to continue that. Uh, we kind of streamlined, you know, we got, uh, we had a few ideas that essentially kind of happened on the fly to make it a little better as it was kind of an experiment the first time around. So we're going to look at making that a little more um, (laughs) easier to do, but definitely look for that. We're going to try to, we are going to do that once a month. Uh, Various uh, sponsors will, will pick up that hopefully and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, if you're interested in doing that, I I am going to kind of follow the, the order in which people expressed interest on our forums, but feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, post on our forums about it if you if that's something you want to do. Try to I think the questions need to be a little bit harder, so we're going to try to come up with some harder questions. I was I was thinking that they were going to be a little harder than they were, but they weren't. I don't know, man. You stumped both <laughs> Nick and Mike on that battery question. Uh, but that was just because I you know what. That's it. That and was all kind they of had to do was like listen. That was a, that he was ran a trick through question. it with a speech impediment. <laughs> that was a trick yeah. question. That we did that, and th- there are going to be more questions like that. Give way too much information, and then yeah. you're going to have to deal with the deal with that and come up with the right. You're answer. flying a 700 Nitro <laughs> with an OS 105 and an Icon Flybarless system using a 14SG. <laughs> what color is the sky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So look uh, forward to that kind uh, of fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> Beep. Fun fly season's coming up. We're really looking forward to it. Of course, speaking of fun flies, you got the RCHN second annual fun fly coming up the end of June. Uh, I believe the 28th and 29th, isn't it? That weekend, 27th, 28th, 29th? <laughs> 26th through the 29th. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Get end it of on June. your calendars. Yeah, I need to put it on my calendar, apparently. this one it's gonna you know dan you were discussing it last week and you were kind of bouncing on whether it was unique or not it is gonna be unique you guys are gonna get to do crap here that you don't do at other fun flies i can say that with 100 percent confidence it's gonna be a lot of people who were there the first time second time has to be at least twice as good, right? That's that's kind of how we roll. So we put a two in front of it, second and Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely mark that on your calendars. I mean, that's going to be a it's going to be a hoot. There is an international airport uh, fairly close in Spokane. For those of you who are interested in coming but not don't necessarily want to fly with your uh, gear, your batteries, your radio, whatever, please get in touch with us. We do have options available to us as far as shipping stuff. Uh, we'll even go so far as to, with prepaid 
labels dropping stuff off for you on our way out of town. So you don't have to deal with yep. that since you won't have a car. We can work through all that, all those details. Three and a half hours later. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we had fun. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a fun episode. So uh, heading out, uh, if you do want to send an email to Nick, Justin, Jesse, or I, you could do that. Uh, definitely, Nick, why don't you tell me how they could send you an email first? Uh, you would most certainly send one to Nick at rchelynation.com. Jesse? You could send me an email at jesse at rchelynation.com. Jackhammer! You can send me an email at jackhammer at rchelynation.com. <laughs> we, we should change your email or just create another one for that. We'll that'd create become, another one if you want. Become, yeah, But uh, no, you can get me guys at justin at rchelynation.com. And you can address it to Jackhammer <laughs> yeah. or No Fly or whatever else you want to do. Jackass. Goblin Jackass. Lover. You know. There oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> goblin Lover, All Gobble right. Gobble. The list goes on. Gobble Gobble at rclnation.com. Yep. <laughs> I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan K. Re- or, uh, no, no, you can't do it that way. Can't, you can reach can't get him there. <laughs> yeah, get yeah, me there. You can't get him. You can, however, talk to me at Dan K. Reed on the forums. But if you wanted to send me an email, you could do that at dan at rchelynation.com. I also want to mention, I, 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 I'm getting better about checking the PM box on our forums. Now, however, you're going to have better luck getting me at the email address. Don't know why. I don't know why I struggle with that like I do, but that's just the way it is. I'm old, set in my ways. What can I say? Uh, I think that's about it, guys. Facebook, as always, thank you for your support there. We're pushing 3180, I believe, something like that. Somewhere in that range. Getting up there. Yeah. I did, I did almost, mention- Almost uh, 3200. Yeah. Sweetness. I did mention to our, our uh, obviously, the, the new server on the webpage, ton faster. A lot of people are reporting uh, that they're just, things are loading quicker. Uh, shouldn't have any issues with that. Uh, Thank but, you, Larry. Honest. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it's all it's, that one's all on the Larry there. The, I can't help but notice, and I sh- I'm sure you guys have noticed as well. The the homepage, the chat box. There's a ton of new names been hanging out there. Uh, it's getting more active, uh, I, I, even more active. Also to our forums as well. So feel free to drop us a note there as well. That's about it, guys. If uh, alrighty, guys, <laughs> this has been episode 124. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we... (laughs) (laughs) It is late, bitches. We sure hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We will see you on Monday. Or next Monday? Jack Hammer. Have a a great week, guys. (laughs) Jack Hammer. We will see you next time. Jack Hammer. Jack Hammer. Jack Hammer out. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you in part by Heli Pros, KDE Direct, Progressive RC, and Jens Ace Batteries. We thank you for listening, and if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. <laughs>